Okay, so it, it says we're recording, so I can only assume that live from recording. New York. Just kidding, we're still in Italy. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's not that I hate New York at all. No, it's just that I never want to go. Listen, going back to America is like going camping out. <laughs> it's like camping outside. Here's the thing: some people love it. Okay, some people really love good it. For some people. I just think we've evolved so far as people and as a society sure. that we've made inside so nice. I'm we've not made an outside so person. Nice. And we're like, no, let's sleep outside on a rock. Why? Mm-mm-mm-mm. Why? Let's sleep inside. No. I like to go outside for brief spurts. Yeah. Love nature. Come back. And then whoop, right back oh. inside. <laughs> um, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, we're in Italy and here's why Emma lives here now. Um, <laughs> listen, we, we don't make waves. Waves. We don't be controversial. It's just that I'm never moving out of Europe ever again. again. <laughs> ever. The closest that she might come is a potential Brexit, but that's it. Fine. That's Fine. It. That's, that's, it. It. that's it. That's it. No, it's it's either Europe here, as yeah. in Italy or France, maybe yeah. Germany. Who could say? Or the UK. That's it. No, that's it. So uh, in case you're wondering, she's settling in great. <laughs> so, um, I wouldn't say it's so difficult. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. She wouldn't. I wouldn't. So because maybe it's just because everyone is in love with me. And <laughs> it's true. Maybe it's also because I can pass for Italian. Until Italiano. Until I speak. <laughs> I, and once I, when I know what I'm saying. Does great. I, I do great. 10 out of 10. Other than that, <laughs> when I'm like, as well. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and to get that joke, you have to listen to the chat zone, but, um, <laughs> retrospective plug, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I pick up languages easily as does Hannah. Otherwise mm-hmm. we would not have been very good fits for the job that we did when we were in the Navy, but we don't talk about that, but <laughs> the Navy it's Bruno. We don't talk about it. Um, <laughs> Bruno, we don't talk up the Disney movie. Nothing. You, you know, we, we have said this multiple times. No, we, we have made the joke. Bruno, we don't talk about it. We don't no, talk we about haven't. Yes, we have. I've never seen Encanto. Me neither, but we've made the joke multiple times because there was TikToks that we were referenced using that audio. Okay. Oh my God. Hang on. No, I'm I sorry. Don't Unacceptable. You. I feel like you're gaslighting me. <laughs> I'm not gaslighting you. I'm genuinely telling you. I'm no, because I, I said, like, that's Bruno. We don't talk about it. You're like, it's Bruno. We don't talk. You laugh. No, I have it. And we laugh. And, and we laugh. And we laugh. And that's how we end any argument. I'm telling you. And we laugh. No, it's fine. I'm fine. Um, after this, I'm gonna it's, here here's, she was not fine. <laughs> here's what's gonna happen. I'll press end recording and I'll go, I knew exactly what you were talking about, but I wanted to make you seem crazy. <laughs> because Hannah is still mad at me about what the waitress said in Verona. <gasps> You're still mad. And that's not my fault. Listen, it's not. Listen. And normally I do enjoy gaslighting you, and I won't <laughs> lie about it. It's fun. Um, mostly because Emma is argumentative in life. So she doesn't even intend to gaslight you. She'll just argue with you. And normally, great fun. Love the band. Love it. Um, but sometimes I'm like, no, really, this is happening. You're like, no, not happening. Don't say that. Don't even look at me when you say that. And, and so, so genuinely with this one, not kidding, not gaslighting. I have no idea what you're talking about. This is a different friend. And by the way, talk to anybody else. I don't have a friend. And by the way. If you were ever friends with Emma and you mixed her up with another friend, death, betrayal, <laughs> absolute <laughs> agony and fire. I'm not mixing. I understand that, but I'm not. I'm not. Anyway, 
I laugh and I laugh and I laugh. I gotta move on. <laughs> I gotta, gotta move on. I gotta. So, so <laughs> we're in Italy. Yep. And we, are. we have done a few things that are really fun. So we will definitely use those as our tea of the week yeah. because it's the weekend, weekend and we have some tea to spill. We do. We have some wild stories actually, about Americans. Espresso. But... espresso. Uh, doppio. Um, we have, as well. <laughs> as well, we have some tea about some Americans that we saw in Venice. Oh no. We have all sorts we of sure little do. adventures. And so first it would serve us well to yeah. welcome you to Hello. what this is. My sweatshirt's namesake. <laughs> it's the transcontinental tea. Look at it. Transcontinental tea. All the tea. All, all the, the time. time. All the time. That's our slogan. That's our slogan. So, <laughs> <laughs> I am Hannah. I'm Emma. And again, we're coming to you live from Vicenza, Italy, Hello. which is Emma's new home. I do live here. She do. I probably not living in Vicenza specifically, but near. But nearby. For all intents and purposes and for all you need to know, Vicenza. Living in Vicenza. I'm not telling any of you anything specific because... <laughs> I know who's listening. Listen, you little crackheads. And you can't fool me. You, <laughs> you can't. can't. You cannot. You could try. You would not be successful. <laughs> because I see viewers. Okay. If you didn't get that Friends reference, um, it's the Russ and Ross episode. And listen, have we said it 65 times? Maybe. Again? Yes. Is it still funny yeah. every time? Also, yeah. yeah. Also, true. Also, yeah. So let's get into the tea of the week so we can tell them about okay. all of our V-shaped adventures. Okay. So that's weird. So preface, Hannah and I are recording obviously in the same location, which has never been done before. Never been done in the history of the TCT. Never. And normally what I would do is with Hannah in the Zoom meeting. Yep. I would share my screen she would. and I would share the sound and play the video that provides the audio that you are enjoying. And because there's no one else on this meeting, I can't share the screen. Nope. So the audio is silent when I do so. So I don't know if it worked. We're going to find out, but we'll find out. Anyway, teeing. Tea. Teas. So our tea of the week this weekend is a combined tea, just like this is a combined podcast. Hello. Sorry, Lorelei suddenly looked at us. Lorelei's upsetting spaghetti. She Hannah moved her feet, and Lorelei is not having it. Um, mom, you allow her into my space. Someone's sorry. Like um, so anyway, so we started our weekend in Vicenza. Obviously, yes. um, I took about seventy-five trains and a plane to get here. Sure did. Sure did. Um, and here's why, kids. Because she was short of gone to love it. It was almost there. I was so close. Here's why. So I was thinking. San Vicenzo, which is in a very different part is of Italy. Is all you into Pisa? It sure is. Okay. Sure <laughs> is. I, I wish I had known that because Venezia is like less than an hour away. <laughs> yeah. 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 Yep. Okay. So explain. Flew into Pisa. I took a train to Pisa. <laughs> to a Pisa. <laughs> so flew into Pisa and then took, not kidding you, four trains to get Absolutely. to Vicenza. So, um, but arrived and and happily so and then we had dinner in vicenza on friday night very sure delicious gluten-free mm-hmm. pizza mm-hmm. It was really good delicious um and then on what day was what it day? saturday, saturday. <laughs> <laughs> on saturday we went to venice which yes. is venezia in italian yes and honestly we had a great time so fun so 
Venice. Saw one guy on the bridge. Hate him. Hate him. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'll let Emma tell her confrontation story. I'll just open with Venice is about an hour drive from her, mm-hmm. which I I just wanted her to marvel at processing because, difficult. <laughs> yeah, because ultimately, you know, when you're from the states, you think an hour, and you're like, I could get to a mall. I could get to like for me in Ohio, I could get from my house to Cleveland. Even the, the local amusement park is further than an hour exactly. from my house. Exactly so. So, like, that in and of itself is cool. Crazy. And then we we rented a Fiat. And <laughs> riding in the Fiat, you really have to see it. So <laughs> I, knew, I knew it was coming. It was coming it was at some point. Fine, fine, fine. It was inevitable. So we had a lot of trauma with the rental car, but we made it through <laughs> the wilderness. It was, it was a lot. I won't lie. My neuroses definitely showed their face (laughs) more than once. Have you ever seen that? It must be like a video. And it's like some woman popping out of one of those like bench storage things. And she's like, surprise. It's like, that was Emma's crazy. And it was awake and thriving at 4 30 morning. It sure was. And so I hear this like, Hannah, Hannah. That was my third one. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure it was. We have a problem. And so in my drowsy state, I went, what and she's like we don't have a car and i went i said we may not have a car. okay we probably don't have a rental car and i was like crap okay. and i okay 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 here's this isn't my tea but here's a brief prelude sojourn into my anxiety <laughs> welcome i i'm very upfront i do have an anxiety disorder i have an ocd and i will say i've and lapsed we worked through it, my prozac we sure did um, normally I have really good coping mechanisms, but when it's like four 30 in the morning and the rest of our weekend is contingent on this one specific thing, that was my job. I, I, I will admit I get a little anxious. I do. She would be missing. I would be miss it. <laughs> and so here's what happened. I, I woke up. Oh, if I even was asleep. I don't remember. And you can, sorry. If you hear that Lorelai is snoring, we have to know. I love you, but stop it. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, she woke up. I, I was lying in either awake or dozing in that like lucid state. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh, um, I probably should check like the actual rental company to see if my reservation went through. Now, so, I just want you to pause. So it's four in the morning? 4.30. No, well, you woke me, me at 4.30. Four for me. <laughs> yeah. So it's four o'clock in the morning. And in her almost asleep phase, she goes, I should probably log onto the rental website and check my reservation. I don't know what made me. I, I don't. I'm going to be it honest happened. with you. It did happen. Um, my concern was I could wait until once I like have my mindset on something, that's it. But also I was <laughs> yeah, concerned, like, what if I wake up at eight? We have to leave at 9.15. What if it turns out we don't that we don't have a car? Why would we leave? Yeah. And then if so facto, 10 scenarios run through my head. The best thing to do is just check right now. So I go to, so what I did was I booked the car through an external site, rentalcars.com and retroactively would recommend. I would. It was absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but at that time I had not gotten a confirmation email from them. So I went to the website and plugged my information in, got my voucher. What they Great. It. One would think one was done. No. So <laughs> what I did was there's a booking reference, right? So I took that. I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the rental site, the host. Itself. I need site, to double check it. and make sure. So I, put the booking reference in they're like no record found but then it has an option oh external booker great great love that good no reservation found and i was like what houston so then i was like okay what are the scenarios here either this is how business is done and it's very normal or or i use a scam site of some kind 
and retro, I was like, I should have checked. I should have checked. I'm like beating myself over. So I, I Google it. And the first one that pops up to be fair on my browser yes. had like a 1.1 out of five star rating. And it was a different website. I assume so. Yeah. Um, but it was by the same name, which is making sense to me. It's a totally different domain. Yep. But um, the reviews are like, oh my God, terrible scam. Well, I was like, what? So I was like, what do I do? What do I do? I, do? I need help. So I wake up Hannah and she's like, huh? And the most that we can really do together is scour reviews because. Yeah. So just to, to fast forward through this, we basically what I did was talk to ML off the ledge by <laughs> doing trust pilot going through reviews, making sure that it was a booking.com partner, which they were. And, and basically just saying, look, we have this reference number. There is nothing at this point to indicate that this is not correct. So Um, we, we have a rental car. And then before we walked in the rental place, I went, Emma, we more than likely have a rental car. It will be fine. And she goes, it might be. And then we go in and although it was a slow process, it was absolutely fine. I do wish that my only gripes with the site were that they make you buy the full protection. Yeah. And then the rental company also makes you buy full protection. So pro tip from me to you, if you ever use rentalcars.com and affiliate at (laughs) booking.com. Not sponsored. Um, (laughs) They're not paying me for whatever reason. Um, Why? Do not bother buying their full protection. It's not worth anything. It doesn't matter because what I learned was when I went to the rental company, they were like the deposit. I was like, great. What's the deposit? They're like 800 euros. And I was like, that's like a thousand dollars. And like, well, we can lessen it, but you have to add coverage to the car. And I was like, I thought I already had coverage. Um, but it was like 35 euros a day and it dropped to 200 euros for the deposit. I was like, yes. So just don't bother with the coverage. And I have another grab. I can't remember it. There was a smoker in the car before us. That was annoying. Yeah. Oh, um, it bothered me that rentalcars.com indicated that I would not need an international driver's license. Which did. Because I have an I have a license in the Roman alphabet. Um, but the rental company required me to have an international license, which cost me 60 euros. So all that to say, we got a lovely little gray Fiat. Mm-hmm. We we're thriving. We're zooming around. We're doing our thing. We, I'll fast forward you through the, the anecdote about getting fuel. Isn't that funny if you weren't there? Oh. Um, but le- suffice it to say, honestly, if I wasn't in the car, I don't know what Emma would have done. Because <laughs> I probably I would have like things. I would have. Yeah, but I problem solved like six things for her. And she was like, that's it. I'm not going. Yeah. Listen, it was stressful. So, so anyway. following all of that, though, yep. we got uh, lunch at a lovely cafe nearby. Yep. And then we went to Venice in the afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And actually the Lord smileth upon us because it has been very cool and breezy the last yes. few days. And <laughs> it was so hot the day I came. So I was like, Warm. and I packed, to be fair, I'd packed as though it was going to be boiling mm-hmm. and it wasn't that bad. Um, but we went to Venice and we saw, you know, the sites, we walked around. We tried not to do too much in the way of navigating just to see kind of where Walk we around. were led. Yep. Um, and then, you know, we saw all the main touristy bits. It was choked with tourists. So um, to the rim. But honestly, that's going to be the case anytime of summer holidays are in effect. Like as soon as like mid-May hits, you really shouldn't travel to Europe if you can avoid it because it's tourist season yes. um, and it's family holiday season because kids are out of school. Right. So, <laughs> so, but, but it was lovely. Um, yeah. We had a great time. What were some of your highlights from Venice? We're in the tea portion, right? Yeah. Um, okay. I'll just make it my tea because it, because I am who I am. 
I am. She's sweet potato. Who she's I will not change this. This quality of myself is not American in nature. It's just Emma. It's true. I am extraordinarily confrontational. Beyond, she's like a beta fish. (laughs) I'm not confrontational at work. Everywhere else. Everywhere else. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Second stipulation. I'm not confrontational with friends that I genuinely care about. Also people that I really care about. Everyone else though, get wrecked. So (laughs) we're on a bridge, not the Rialto because the Rialto is overrated. We were just at one of the bridges. One of the many bridges to cross over the canals in Venezia. And I was taking a photo of Hannah and it was relatively clear at the time. But it wasn't a main thoroughfare. No. Yeah. So we take a few and has like, oh, my eyes are closed. This or that. So I'm like, okay, let me get another one. And I back up, not realizing an influx of people had stepped through. And I bump into this guy. And I was like, oh, scoozy. And like, I say my things. You moved on. And yeah. he starts blabbering about whatever. You he was know. just lightly complaining. Right. So what I did. I did not directly confront him, to be fair. A lesser person could have let this go. I did not. Here's what I did. I did. <laughs> I voc- I vocalized my my displeasure with his reaction to my bumping into him and being polite, like, oh, scoozy, like, yeah. you know, I didn't mean to do that. Blah, 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 blah. Wah! Very loudly exclaimed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, it was, wham! <laughs> yeah. And then it was, whine about it. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, to be fair, this Italian guy looked back and I was like, don't hit her. Don't hit her. Cause then I have to get involved. There's a whole thing. I don't care. To be fair, he moved on. Um, and you know what? You would think he was the high point of our day. You would be like, wow, that was the worst thing that happened. No, no, no. no. I'm going to make that my tea just because this is very important to Hannah. I'm not going to take that from her because <gasps> listen, she this is a combined tea. We'll tell the story together. Yeah, okay. So I'm just going to set the scene in fair Venice where we lay our scene. So it's it's like six or seven at night yeah we've walked around a lot a we've lot. seen tons a lot. we've got a lot of great photos we're enjoying ourselves and it, it's starting to get a bit dark and we're getting yeah, we're a like, bit hungry we're we're peckish we're like peckish <laughs> so we're like okay uh i i googled a gluten-free restaurant because pretty much every city we've been to the the move for dinner has been okay find somewhere gluten-free that i can eat and then Which, i think that people would think Italy, that'd be really difficult because it's so oh, simple. Pasta. No, it's like they're the normal very thing. aware of it. They're yeah. very Europe in general is super aware of food allergies in a way that a lot of the world is not. But even so, the gluten here hits different. It does. <laughs> it's still I can't directly connect it. It's still seemingly upset my stomach in some kind of way. But the gluten free options have Slaps. been phenomenal. It hasn't it's been slap. like crappy aftertaste chocolate pasta it tastes the exact same anyway (laughs) anyway so we find this little cafe it's off the beaten thoroughfare it's off the beaten path from like the main touristy bits which Which, is great which you always should do when you're eating out yeah um yeah i guess our top tip for europe in general but especially as like an expat in europe don't sit on like the main tourist traps and get like food there if you can avoid it it's double the price it's double the price it's less quality your table is going to be timed it's timed there's tons of people all around and you're not really getting the real experience you're getting a curated version of the experience so anyway we went to the cafe and it was exactly what we wanted exactly quiet we were one of two tables that had people at them it was lovely it was a french couple and us Mm -hmm. we were in this little cafe and we, we had just ordered all of our food and the appetizers had just come out. Yeah. So we'd been there about 20, 30 minutes at yeah. this point. Just like, yeah. oh my God, it's amazing. It's so empty. It started <sighs> raining quietly. Oh, the aesthetic. 
It was so good. It was lovely. It was great. We were thriving. Until. And then. (laughs) Dun, dun, dun. I know, honestly. Like, so here's the thing. I think, I think it might've been our fault. We spoke too soon. And here's also, we spoke too loudly. (laughs) We we have very naturally loud voices and we were enjoying ourselves. We're having fluid conversation with laughing and we laughed and we <laughs> laughed and we, yeah. we were enjoying ourselves yeah we sure and are. then americans abroad are like seagulls and here's why they hear one of them and they think they're safe. having food safe i will go where they're safe. having food safe, safe. mine 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 what? and so there was a group of 15 shouting it was americans. a huge group and we we looked at each other i want you to know i just just want to make it clear the size it's a cafe starbucks is bigger than this starbucks is bigger you go in it's like think of your local coffee shop there's like three or four tables it's meant for quiet dining that but like they've added more tables yeah so this gaggle of 15 this murder of americans if you will are outside and they're like do you want food? Should we find something? Do you think they take us? So one of them barges in and goes, hi. Hi. Um, Hello. Immediately starts speaking English, which, okay. All right. Maybe, maybe you couldn't possibly look up before one word in Italian. Here's my thing. Here's my thing. It's teeny. Um, Even when I still lived in the States, whatever, every time I travel, I just think it's important to learn the basic phrases just basics no one's saying you have to be fluent but like try to say a couple of things in whatever language you're speaking because this is, what is the idea that everybody speaks as, as well as or fluent any kind of english like it's yeah. just i know that it's like one of the most widely spoken like um languages in the world i get that but it, italy in particular has one of the lowest rates of english speaking italians yeah i mean Technically, if you're looking at the number of speakers worldwide, then Mandarin, people should be able to go in anywhere and start speaking yeah, Mandarin and right. expect other people but to speak it. If so facto, I can't. Yeah. I cannot. But then someone would be like, that's so unrealistic. It's not. It's the same thing as you're doing in a game. Yeah. And anyway. And the, these, these types of people, we're not um, conflating or equating every American to the standard. Nope. We're saying that same person is also people that say, this is America. Speak English. It's the, yeah. that Venn diagram is a circle. The Venn diagram so, is a circle. So anyway, and, and there are other countries that have that. There's a funny stereotype mm-hmm. I was telling Emma about Brits abroad. You know, it, it's it's kind of the same thing. But basically, these people were very bull in a china shop, loud, like obviously American. And so initially, I was just quietly praying, "Don't come in here. It's too small." It can't hold you. It's not that we don't want people to be exposed to cultures or travel. We'd love that. It would help a lot of people, I think. It did not help these people. I just think it's, you come in, (laughs) if you go thinking, like, I'm going to behave the exact same way that I'm going to take my context to wherever I go. Don't do that. So, in they came. And, of course, Emma and I were like, no! (laughs) Silently, we were just like, Mm. <laughs> this French couple, we had a lot of moments with them we because <laughs> we were like suffering together. We see you. So this poor restaurateur, he starts speaking very loudly and clearly in slowly. English. Slowly. Slowly to like 15 Americans. <laughs> he did he did hand motions. He mimicked a tree. He did everything he could. And 
He describes the specials to them. He describes the specials. Soups, something with olives, olives that come from a tree. He mimics a tree. <laughs> tree. You couldn't have gotten more basic. No. So he leaves the table and I'll let Emma pick up from this point, but he leaves the table and one of them over the din goes, I didn't understand anything he said. And I just slammed my head against the table. <laughs> so I, at this point, they're, there's so many of them that it's difficult to hear anything else. There really, is a cacophony of noise coming really, from that corner. Really, deeply. And we... Not kidding you. It's, it's genuinely like, you know when you see like a massive family at the Olive Garden? Like 15 of them all at one table? Just it was that. like that. It was just like just that. Just like that. So they order a slew of appetizers. Through um, like 15 attempts. And this guy's English is perfect. So he says cheese. And that's like, that's confusing to you? I can't. He's saying cheese, but he has an Italian accent. To me, very clear. And so they order like multiple appetizers, right? Focaccia being one of them, which was bomb. Even the gluten-free version, amazing. So good. But anyway, they order these appetizers and I'm watching them and I'm watching them like pass what they do and don't like around and this and that. And I'm just like, it's prosciutto. What don't you like about prosciutto? Whatever, you know, like (laughs) to each their own. But then come the main courses. Okay. Now we heard the woman on the end order this, and we both stopped. We, we were we were unfortunately oh taking drinks of our drinks. We, it was not a good time, but important precedent. They give you a menu. There's also one of those barcode, a not QR barcode, code. QR code yeah. menus that you can scan with your phone, right? Because when I heard them order this, I'm like, that wasn't on yep. the menu that we looked at. Yeah. Which was much smaller, very small, yeah, comparatively. So basically, what we think happened is there's like a local normal menu, and then there's like a tourist menu that you can scan the QR code and get this extended so menu. Many more options, yes, yeah, tons more options, basically curated for people who don't eat because the, local the lasagna cuisine. that they mentioned was gluten free. We didn't have it on our menu, but exactly. it was on apparently that menu. Exactly. So. So no shade, like great to have options. No I just didn't, I, I didn't know. And I was fine with what was menu. there. So. Yeah. so we were listening to them order their mains. And this woman says. Can you even say it? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of like the most nasal American one. I'll have the Italy pizza with a side salad. <laughs> We both just look at each other and we're like, Italy, Italy, pizza, pizza, Italy, pizza. And to, not even to be fair, to note the menu that we even had has an English translation underneath. So it probably said pizza at Italiano or something like that, right? All pizza. Inherently but, but I think it probably had a specific. Yeah, I think. I think what it was is it was like a margarita pizza more um, than likely. Most definitely was a margarita pizza. Um, and so either there was a lacking adjective modifier or she, she genuinely thought it was like Italy pizza would be the English translation. Maybe. Someone else ordered French fries. Oh my God. Well, and we didn't hear that order, but I, I saw, saw him. I saw him taking French fries and I was like, French fries. Fries. And Grant, the only restaurant we went to that had French fries was like that. It was like a lunch cafe with like sandwiches yeah, and panini. They called kind of it thing. like a pub or something. Yeah, right? it was like, a resto pub. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it made sense. They had sandwiches. They had yeah, hot dogs. It, it made sense to me. Yeah. 
But this place was not at all like that. This was a dining cafe. So the fact that they even serve French fries is clearly it was very targeted. <laughs> very targeted. And then the piece de resistance, though, was this woman in leopard print got them to make her buttered noodles. Just buttered noodles. Buttered noodles. I'm glad that none of them tried to order fettuccine Alfredo. We don't know that they didn't. Which I just want everyone here listening to know. I I have been on the receiving end of the all Americans are stupid thing. And I I don't agree with that. It's not I true. don't. It's not true. I will say there's an alarmingly high number of tourists, maybe not just Americans, but this dish is very common in America. Fettuccine, which is a noodle. Yep. Alfredo, which is the sauce. Yep. Put together. Fettuccine Alfredo. But a lot of people in the States think that fettuccine Alfredo is the sauce. Right. Right. They also think it's like a common dish. Yeah. It's not. It's not. They there are restaurants that have curated it and put it on the menu because the so many thing that's real to it is a carbonara, which, which is is delicious, but so it's good. it's different. But it's the closest thing to it. And there's also carbonara in the States has a lot more ingredients than the carbonara here. Yeah. Mine today, I got a gluten-free carbonara and it was just the penne, some bits of bacon and the sauce that they used. Yeah. And I didn't go in expecting the peas and the this and the that. Like I didn't. Yeah. But I just think, you know, there's so many, like, I, I hate it when people fit the stereotype. I hate that because yeah. I'm trying so hard to assimilate. Yeah. And you might think that's pretentious. And maybe you're right. I just don't care. So we said this last <laughs> night, we were like, maybe it's really pretentious of us to attempt to be as cultured as we can be to attempt to, you know, really embody the lifestyle of Europeans because that's where we moved. Yeah. Maybe it, maybe it is pretentious. We'll take that. We'll own it. We'll, We'll write it on our doors. But honestly, I would so much rather be pretentious and be told that, you know, Oh, you don't sound, I can't tell you how many people when I was back in the States were like, you don't sound American anymore. And I'm like, honestly, I could kiss the ground right now. I won't, but I could, uh, thank the Lord. But, but like, I, I would never want to be associated with America. And I appreciate that for some people, that's really hard to hear. I appreciate that for some people it's offensive. It's how I feel. Don't care. I don't care. That was one of the hardest parts about being back in the States for a work trip. Listen to the catch up if you want to hear more. Um, (laughs) But it was one of the hardest parts because Mm -hmm. I was saying to Emma when we were out for dinner in New York, I was like, I just feel like I can't be myself. I feel like I can't say how I feel because I feel like someone's going to be upset. Someone's so upset. And they take it so personally. Very personally. Why? I don't know. I'm not saying you specifically, but like there should be no illusion to the issues that America has. But also imagine point of view you're in a different country and you say that the country that you live in you feel is the best you love it you love it more than any other country somehow that's completely unacceptable unless you're talking about america i agree you're right there's like a weird exceptional there's a lot of people yeah there's this all well, it's nationalism that's brainwashed into you from a young age like we're the best and we're always going to be the best and it's very it's, it's post-world war ii superpower you attitude. know what someone pointed out to me that i haven't really thought about um, but one of my British friends was like, did you really say the Pledge of Allegiance in school? You don't think about how weird you that is. You think about it. Yeah, no We're standing it. up there reciting propaganda in front of the flag. Be, it's very North Korea. It's wild. So, and, but also, 
I think there's a, this is not today's podcast topic. Maybe it will be someday. Remember that the U.S. is not a theocracy. It's true. It's not a theocracy. And the fact that our under God, indivisible. Here's my thing. Um, It's hard for me to reconcile the idea of accepting all religions and that freedom while also basing our entire credence on as a Christian woman, I disagree with the fact that you're going to say freedom of religion, but also under God. But also not follow biblical tenets in any other way. Zero percent. <laughs> yeah. And I see this after this, I promise we'll move on. We will. But I see, I follow these subreddits for Christian and our Christian and our Christianity. And a lot of it's fundamentalism that I just don't agree with. And I'm refreshed that I see in the comments a lot of the times people that are in the same vein as I am. Um, but people will be like, you know, the Bible's actually like pretty strict and this isn't that. And I'm like, I think your interpretation of the Bible is pretty strict and how you've been raised has perpetuated that idea that you need to be this beacon of like right or wrong for people when really your only job is to push the love of Christ as a Christian individual. Like the Christianity didn't exist until the New Testament when Christ came and died for years Christ it's kind of the day. centerpiece <laughs> I, I don't know if you know you know because they're very old testament about it I'm like you can't combine th- that's the reason that the old testament is the Torah up to a certain point because Christ to them is not the son of God he's just a prophet you know anyway I'm not trying to get all religious but I'm saying that I think in certain times and especially in recent times a lot of people forget the U.S. is not a theocracy and they carry that attitude with them wherever they go it's, it's just a blinding contradiction series. And, and we could talk about that for hours. We were really good. So anyway, if so facto. We had a hilarious, painful time at dinner in It Venice. was fun for us. It was really entertaining. It, it was, was also like, no. It was very Paris vibes. I have a lot to say about Syrian Jews. Like We it, debated which one was better. I still say Syrian Jews. Syrian Jews because it's so niche. Yeah, it's so niche. If you're like, because <laughs> we, we had this moment where we were like, I have a lot to say about pause. What do you think is the next sentence that's <laughs> out of her mouth? And we were like, no, I don't know. Fashion, Dior, like the things that you would guess a she's, white girl is about to say. Yeah, she's a privileged <laughs> white girl. Like, you know, you know, shoes. No, no. Syrian Jews. And we were like, huh. So, but this is a close second. Italy pizza was runner up. up. It was it's up runner up. Um, and we've been, we've been abusing that joke ever since. Really laughing at it. Every restaurant we passed, we're like, do you think they have Italy pizza? <laughs> we passed by like, I don't even know what restaurant it was. Then we went to, um, they were serving only pizza. And I was like, I forgot to ask if they had Italy Dang pizza. It! <laughs> and that waiter was also loathing me. So I bet he would have made me oh Italy pizza. Oh my gosh. She was thriving. So. Oh, we forgot to I'll move, I'll move on to today. So today we went to Verona. In Verona, where we lay our scene. Which is also where I was getting married. Fun fact. Um, I decided um, it. Decided oh, we were there. Decided Side street, we're blocking it so, off getting married. I don't think people are talking about this. Um, they don't say it enough. <laughs> people don't say <laughs> Verona absolutely slaps. So Verona we, we went to Venice. We were like, this no, is peak. that's it. This is it. Look at it. Look at this amazing canals. What is this? It was amazing. The architecture was stunning. Stunning. Historically stunning. Amazing. So we were like, Verona's gonna be fine. We'll say Verona. We we'll relegated it. it to the second day because yeah. we thought we're like we'll enjoy it. Probably not as much. It'll be fine. No. Whatever. We we're like, we'll spend a couple hours there. We were so wrong. We were hit in Listen, the face. We don't with how wrong. We're, we're not wrong often. We don't know what it feels and like. And or we don't admit it very often. Never. <laughs> Never. We will take it to our graves. We're always right. But here, wrong. 
the wrong, the first ever time. And it felt weird. I'll tell you. It felt strange. Strange. So, so for all of you out there who are wrong all the time, I'm sorry. I don't <laughs> feel nice. Really. Um, but also like for you, why uh, <laughs> about it? <laughs> I'm telling you, I blacked out in that moment. I just confrontation for me is just, I'm have you ever there. received a rage text? That's Emma just speaking. <laughs> yeah. So we were in Verona. There we were. And there we were. And so I, I'm not under any like pretense. I'm fluent. In, I'm not fluent in Italian. I, I soon to be, I guarantee it because I figure if I can learn Arabic, I can learn Italian, but, and you've just got here, you're picking up yeah. bits. Yeah. 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 So what I do most of the time is like, look up what I want to say and then say that. Yeah. And they respond so, to me and I'm like, Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. That's all I prepared for. So here's, we've said this before. We talked about this with our Copen. So Copen zone. Um, honestly, whatever country you're going to, whatever well, language the they speak, Learn at least, please, thank you, and sorry. And also, where's the bathroom? And where's the bathroom? But learn those things. Um, yeah. Because ultimately, you know, you'll have to switch to whatever language you speak. You'll have to say, like, sorry. Eventually, of course. Yeah. yeah. But but if you just make a tiny effort, people really appreciate it. And this it. is what we said this in Paris. People yeah. are always like, Christians are so rude. I'm like, well, no. that's so strange. Because when I was there, I'm not fluent in French. Kind. But helpful. I can speak. I learned enough. And granted, I took it in high school. So I had an idea of how to conjugate. But even so, I I spoke to them. Bare minimum effort. Where's the bathroom? Pretty it's, broken it's French. sentence yeah. here, you know. And they were so kind. Accommodating. And they some of them kept speaking in French to me. And I was like, I think you have overestimated my abilities. You have judged this wrong. <laughs> I'm like, uh, oui. Je m'appelle oui. <laughs> Oh mon dieu. Um, oh, moving so anyway, sacre coeur. Mon monstre. I will say that having Italian, like it's, my brain is all over the place. Like my brain will be like, here's the word in Italian that you need to say. Here's how the French would pronounce it. Here's what this in Arabic. She has, she has said a few things in Italian with a French accent that have been highly comical. I can't help it. She's like, grazie. <laughs> grazie. Grazie. Because the Italians roll their R's. The French put it at the back of the throat. Yep. So, yep. so anyway, anyway, we were in Verona. <laughs> and honestly, I was shook. We I were. was shook to the core. It's, you can't walk down a street in Verona. Now, I'm talking about the city center. So, obviously, you know, surrounding city it gets more industrial. It gets more of course it normal. Does. Yeah. But in the Go city in center, center, stunning. Amazing. You can't walk down a side street without just being gobsmacked by right. how beautiful it is. The architecture is so well preserved. Mm -hmm. We saw like 11th century buildings, 13th century buildings. Stunning. Amazing still. Stunning. So we went, we got there. We went to this little cafe. Because we needed snacks. We were like snacks. <laughs> snacks. Espresso. Spritz. Who could say? Spritz. Um. Oh my God. No, you have to for it. Okay. 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 So my boss and his wife take me out as soon as I get here, Thank right? You. I've had an Aperol Spritz before, but I only ever heard the aggressive American pronunciation. Aperol Spritz? Or, or the British Aperol Spritz. Can I have an Aperol Spritz? Right. So I'm like, okay. So here's my thing. I didn't come in saying Spritz, a Spritz. That wasn't part of my like repertoire. It wasn't part of my vernacular until, and I think that this is a great lesson in like, who you surround yourself with because you pick up their language show me your friends i'll show you your future so my boss and his wife were stationed in germany will lived in germany for like years yeah and he speaks german yeah fluent in german yeah so they say spritz spritz 
as they would if they lived. Right. There. So when they order a spritz, they say una spritz. Aperol spritz. Right. Yeah. You can in Italy you can say spritz. They're, they're gonna know what you yeah. mean. But they'll say it that way. And the or the waiter's like, yeah, okay, whatever. He like accepts it as normal. So my brain is like, great. That's okay, how that's how you say it. Wrong. So I intercepted her. <laughs> and we so I heard him saying it in the car. And I was like, oh, he says that wrong. And I just moved on. With he my says life. That he doesn't say it wrong. He just says the German version of Spritz. Yeah, but to them it's correct. Yeah. To us, it's different. I'm just saying the country that invented the drink gets to decide how it's pronounced. You're correct. It's spritz. so you know, if I went to Germany, I wouldn't say. Una cerveza. <laughs> like, I would, <laughs> like that's, that's not the country that invented it. That's okay. So moving on. I, I heard him say spritz. And I'm, I'm, I just I unconsciously did this. I just filed it away in my brain. We get to dinner the first night in Magenta. And she goes, un aperol spritz. And I went, and I wait, till, I wait till the waiter leaves. And I go, Emma, what is this? What's happening here? She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, why are you saying spritz? <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it even like processed in my mind that's how it was like, that's how I was saying it. It took like five tries to deprogram her. <laughs> so she really sat there like rich. <laughs> Which is so funny because I I I guess she I, didn't say it two weeks ago. I guess I am just so um deeply linguistic. I mean, yeah, but what this is also suggestible. Yeah. You know? Um because you're right beforehand, I was like spritz, spritz, fine, whatever. I'm all spritz. And then they say it. And I think just because when it did happen, to be fair, this is how they get you. They get you really tired. tired and then you and then they're like, this is how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> and they transmit it into your brain. And you're like, that's what I remember. <laughs> I remember nothing else, but I know how to say spritz with a German accent. Spritz. So anyway, I don't know where I was going with this, but we go to this cafe to get snackies. We're in Verona. Vanessa, we're in Verona. Um, time travel. We're in Verona. <laughs> so I... On this day, I wouldn't say my Italian was like bella by any means, bellissima, yani, bravo, bravissima, etc. Um, okay, can I just start with? I said to the waitress, you did several sentences in what I would call very good Italian, yeah. and by that I mean my grammar was correct, mm-hmm. my accent was fine. Yeah. I don't know that it was great, but Anna's it was fine. just so she's so envious of this moment. I don't know why. No, it just hit me differently because of what you said. So. <laughs> Basically, what do you mean what I said? I didn't say that as well. No, 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 no. I said it correctly. Also, you did. I did. She did. I ordered three different things. I asked for menus. I did a variety of actions. You're right. I was. I was just there. She was in the background, loving life, thriving. She said aqua frisante before that, and nothing else. A rose spritz, which they were out of. Oh my gosh. Devastating. She was so confused when you were like, I was like, rose. it's right there. <laughs> it's right there. Listen, I thought, for, she looked at me like I was crazy. And I was she like, did. am I crazy? But they're the ones advertising no, it. crazy, no. <laughs> Here's the thing. So we get to this It restaurant. was poster board gaslighting. <laughs> it was. So normally, Aperol spritz is obviously the most popular beverage. You can just and say Aperol in Italy and they'll just no, bring you Aperol. One. Done or spritz done. Done. One or the other. Yeah. So they were advertising a rose spritz. And I was like, that sounds oh, really good. I want to try that. So I said, So she tried it first. I did. So I ordered, I was like, uh, la corfezante e una rose spritz. And, and she, she goes, was like, What? And then I ordered an espresso at the same time. 
And she thought I just wanted a regular coffee because I said, hey, espresso. But then she was like, oh, coffee. And she gave me this like menu of like specialty coffee. I was like, no, 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 espresso. Una espresso. Regular. And then she was like, okay. And she left. And I was like, I feel like the spritz wasn't. I was like, I don't, I don't think that got through. I don't so think that got through. I waited. I waited. And it wasn't until after we had the coffee and after. Now, again, she had a conversation with the waitress in English about the rosé spritz after this because there was so much miscommunication. It wasn't in English. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I said a rosé spritz. And she was, I was like, what rosé spritz? Yeah. But then she switched to English and she goes, oh. She said in English. Yeah. We're not doing Yeah. That. This is what I'm saying. So she switched to English to explain to you that the rosé spritz was oh. finite. She says, finished, finished. Yeah. I was like, you can rosé finite. finished. And I was like, oh, okay. I put off whatever. You know. Yeah. So after all this, she comes back to the table to deliver. I don't know what I said. One of her. the first things. I know I exactly said. what you said. <laughs> so they have this long exchange. I think I asked for something. Yeah. They yeah. have this long exchange in English. She goes away. She comes back and she asks for an espresso again or something like that. Posovare, whatever. It was shorter. It was literally. No, like, I said posovare. No, this was. The, so here's the thing. That's it. So before yeah. this, I didn't know that the rosé was out. Yes. She took our initial yes, order. Yes, she yes. walked away. She comes back. Correct, and I said, Posavara Rosy Spritz. And she said, she looked at me. She's like, Rosy Spritz. I was like, Rosy Spritz. And she was like, oh, 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 oh. And then it was, this is before she told me that it was out. And then she goes like, oh, like, you're down, you And I was like, Hannah's <laughs> so mad. So this one <laughs> sentence is, other than aqua frisante, all Emma said in Italian. I did order a pizza. Okay. At the same time. After I order the pizza, immediately she says, Yes. <laughs> she goes, Your Italian is so great. <laughs> Just to Emma. She says it in Italian. No, she goes, mm-hmm. No, she's Italiano. Says, and she yes. kissed her fingers and she walked away. <laughs> she's, I was just like, so I was like No. <laughs> I know. Okay, now imagine you paint like a decent painting. Someone else puts one brushstroke and they're like, amazing, Picasso, stunning. It's like when men retell your joke. Oh my God, it's so annoying. And you're like, I was an yeah, You did nothing. Like that. And I, I'm not trying to be good. I'm not fishing for compliments. Listen, I'm just an innocent bystander. In and of itself, I would have been very happy and proud for her because you did great. Like you did, you did very well. You're learning Italian very quickly. I was upset Speak because be more patronizing. <laughs> I was, yeah. I'm great at it. <laughs> you are. I know. But I was sitting there having spoken to That's this true. woman in Italian. Hannah said more. She's hardly speaking. Now, it was a, before this, more frustrating. More frustrating to Hannah than this moment. So the waiter. Oh, this is the, the, this the is garçon. dinner. This is. No, this happened here. Oh, yeah. So I was the guy. Hannah asked the guy her table. He is in love with me. It's fine. Um, in Hannah, Italian. Asked for a table for two. And he's like, oh, yeah, you know, like come over and we sit, whatever. And after we'd ordered the espressos, before the rosé spritz. Before the rosé incident. Rosé gate. <laughs> rosé gate. Um, he comes over and he's just immediately speaks in English. Like, he, he goes, reads us. So tell from? me, where are you from? So, and I'm like, how dare you read us? And my point, my <laughs> how point, dare you? I had a whole sentence in my head ready to go. I was like, when I want, well, here's what I was going to say. In secession, I was going to say, I live in Vicenza, but I moved here from New York. But I got to the Vicenza, and his face shifted. He was so confused because obviously I'm not Italian. I may look Italian with his hair. So here's what he asked, looking just at Emma. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now he asked the table, but he goes, Where are you from? Me? <laughs> so he looks directly down at Emma and he goes, Where are you from? And she goes, Vicenza. 
And he looks at her like she has three heads. <laughs> and she goes, right. I live in Vicenza. And he goes, where are you from originally? And she goes, New York. And he goes, New York, New York. And she goes, New York, New York. <laughs> and like, Brooklyn, Manhattan. So anyway, they have this whole dialogue. And then he looks back at me with like a crink of his neck. And he goes, where are you from? And I go, I live in the UK. Great. Can you leave? <laughs> Done. Um, listen, I can't help that Italian men have taken a liking to me. They have thumbs they up have a lot. They made themselves known. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm being particularly provocative in any kind of way. Gets the people going. Really? Really wearing a skirt that hits mid-thigh and like a shirt. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Let me tell you. Here's the thing. Um, I'm not surprised. Um... I'm so used to American men. We're still in the tea, by the way. We're, we're so close. No, we're so close. We're, we're so, so close. close. Um, I'm, I'm used to American men who ab- abide by societal expectations, who have this idea of like, I must date this, this, this kind of woman. A 12-year-old on TikTok. Basically. Yeah. And that's perpetuated by social media, by Hollywood. It's very much like yeah. the thing, right? So as a mid-sized woman in, in the States... It's not that men don't find me attractive. They do. But they don't find me dating material because, oh, presentation, image, blah, you know? And I'm just like, well, that's like your They just count you out of hand a lot and then end up falling in love with you but won't tell you about it. Bye. (laughs) It's too late. I'm gone. But (laughs) whoosh. (laughs) Whoosh. Like that. But then I come to Europe. And even in the UK, I haven't really had this problem. But just in general, different continent, different experience. Yep. I came in thinking like, you know, like, oh, European men, like really small women, this, this, and that. Nope. Apparently not the case. Not the case. Not the case. Um, not because I've been like catcalled, thankfully, or anything like thankfully. that. But I think it's just this I I'm perceptive and I think you you just kind of get used to being looked at as Emma's a woman. very aware of people. She's not always aware of our surroundings, but she's very yeah. aware of people. And there is a lot of like very obvious checking out that is is discernible easily yeah but in this totally separate topic closer podcast what i'm trying to work on is not taking that as affirmation that like i'm good where i'm at yeah yeah like that's a separate thing that i'm coming to terms with and a lot of that i'm not sure if it's a gut thing if it's like a gluten thing we're testing theories we're trying things um which we'll actually talk about later on this podcast yes so if so facto um i've had just in general, even like in less than a week that I've been here, a completely different, I don't know if perception is the right experience word. Experience of how you of are how, Of how I'm perceived. Yeah. And I find it interesting. And I'm I'm really trying to leave it interesting and not take it as affirmation. Yeah. But I will say, if you're American, I think that it's easy in America to... Get really sucked into it. Yeah, to and get to, really... to adhere to these standards that aren't even your own. Yeah, and to get really tied down by it. Like, yeah, the country's never be good pop enough. culture is not like that. It doesn't yeah. interfere into their daily lives in the same way. Yeah. And that's been my experience so far. So anyway. So we are in Verona. Verona, Verona absolutely slaps. slaps. Um, we got <laughs> tons of good pictures. We walked around all day. We went to Ju- the house that inspired Shakespeare, supposedly, to write Romeo Suppose- and Juliet. I mean, the Juliet statue was there. Yeah. And she's got a balcony. A lot of people touch her boob. It's a whole thing. It was odd. Because <laughs> so, then boobs up, same. You know, Dark. <laughs> you know how some of the, the statues will have like their toes rubbed kind of coppery because that's yeah. where people will touch it. 
So if you go to Juliet's house, fun fact, culturally, you touch her left breast. I don't know why. I think it's good luck in love. Um, left breast, it was good luck. Great. <laughs> right breast, no luck. <laughs> <laughs> don't touch it. Don't touch No. But men and women. Yeah, no shade. It was just, yeah. I came in and I was like, there's, but also other parts of her are rubbed that her whole bottom portion, coppery completely. Yeah. From the, the collarbone up, nothing. Dark bronze. <laughs> Dark. Yeah. But it was stunning. It was Amazing. a 13th century building. We touched it. Honestly, you had to. We're a part of history. Um, number one tip when you go anywhere and there's something really, really old, touch Touch the building. If you can, if you can. It's because we went to the Louvre and to be fair, maybe the things that were out weren't like the real whatever. They are. But there were statues and I found this to be true on the East Wing more than the West where the Mona Lisa was. Yeah. A lot of like African and Middle Eastern things were out and we were like, whoop, like sarcophagi. We'd be like, touch. And it makes you feel connected to where you're at. And you're not just a viewer now. Present. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like you are, your interactor is not the right word, but. You're part of it though. Like I, I've touched a 12th century abbey in the middle of the Irish countryside. And it makes you feel just like you're, you're, not, you're not an interloper at that It makes point. you appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. So Verona was great. Um, the restaurant we went to for dinner was less satisfactory, mostly because the guy immediately stopped speaking to me in Italian and just spoke English to me. Um, and at first I tried a few things and I was like, I'll just try to keep speaking Italian. He just kept in English. So I'm like, at this point it feels rude. So I'm yeah. just going to switch to English. Um, love Emma. Love Emma. So he really I were in Italian. It was fine. <laughs> um, he did not compliment me. No. But he did. He smiled a lot. He did. He did. He did. He did. Um, honestly, every street, every building in Verona, stunning. Amazing. We would turn a corner, not knowing where we're just walking. We're like, look at that. Look at that church. Look at that. Look at that. I don't know if it's a hidden gem, but I feel like I have not heard. And I said this when we were there. I feel like I've not heard people say, go to Verona. It's stunning. It's amazing. Venice and Rome are almost all you hear. Florence, maybe. Rome is lovely. Great. Yeah. Venice, lovely. No complaints. Verona? Verona? Stunning. Slaps. slaps. Here's the thing. We, I think maybe... It just hits different. Well, we went in with no assumptions, but, but just like... Like a low bar. We were like, meh, Verona. I was thinking there'd be like a couple of like piazzas that would be pretty. Like I, thought it'd be, squares, I thought it'd be so much smaller than it thought was. thought it'd be way smaller. There were so many modern stores. There yeah. was such a mixture of historic preserved architecture. Yeah. And then modern elements. So we, many we, we made this comment when we were walking cities like venice and rome are dead cities intentionally intentionally it's, they're it's kept to preserve it they're kept in a in their like original state as yeah. much as possible so there's very little modernity um, yeah and that's yeah. fine you know like maybe, maybe people live there maybe they don't but but it's nice there's to see no there's no there's not gonna be a czar there's not gonna be anything like that. There, fine whatever there might be but it'd be somewhere else there's there's no skyscraper in rome no you know Right, but there's also no sky- skyscrapers in Verona, but it melds the the two yeah. very well. Yeah. In that you can still ex- you, you walk around, and you're like Dante statues. Just you're just there. It is. You're just chilling. You you can just, you just come across it, mm-hmm. and it feels more. I made this comment to Hannah. It feels more realistic. Isn't the right word, but it's it's accessible. like accessible accessible because yeah. it it 
people genuinely live there. People were watching us from their balconies and things like that. And it's just like, people live here. People like live in Verona and to them, it's just another day. This architecture to you, it's a major uni town. There's a lot of uni students there. Yeah. So that should conclude our tea. I Um, should, I should hope so. God help us. Um, we're going to Bologna tomorrow. Yep. Um, I think it's pronounced Bologna. 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 Uh, we're going to Bologna tomorrow. Kill me. B O L O G N A. We're going to Bologna. Um, and honestly, I'm really excited about it. Of. And then this little Brit is headed back. It's rip. But that's okay because I'm going to get into the true flow of things come this week. I'm going to get my settle. ID. Yep. Yeah. And after I have my place, my living space, everything is settled. I'll have someone be able to watch the dogs and Hannah and I go to the further out cities that we yeah. had intended. Because Florence and Rome, they're great, but they're too far to make Milan. day Milan, too far to make day trips out of yeah. when I have to worry about the dogs. Which to be fair, in a weekend, we've covered a lot of ground. We really do we are really good about that. We we, we go in with like a game plan of like this is the area we're gonna go to. Which is also super flexible. I think it's also important not to be too rigid about it. No, we don't don't set sites. We set to go here, here, and here. Yeah. We're like, let's go to this city and just see what happens. Find what we can find. Yeah. Um, And I think that we could go back and see things we didn't see before, but we saw plenty. So, anyway, we're going to move on to the main portion of this podcast. Yes. And it's exciting. It is exciting. So, we're going to talk about real girl summer and basically <gasps> we we've been having conversations amongst ourselves yes about you know body image and how we're feeling and and it just so, it felt really relevant because i've seen a lot you know on the social medias about like Intuitive. hot girl summer what hot girl summer means what it looks boss like girl summer, boss girl summer. lots of different definitions a lot of, a lot of summering a lot of but there's summers. also a lot of tiktoks about real girl summer real girl right summer. now and that's that we it shook a chord with us yeah to talk about so Goes just like 10 seconds and we'll be right with you. The tea is exceptionally good today. (laughs) Who made this? Very delicious. So here's the earth. Here's the earth. (laughs) Round. So I think actually you should start the section because Uh, you were my inspiration. You're my inspiration. (laughs) Um, I... If anyone was concerned about us spending time together, it's exactly as bad as it should. It's exactly as bad as you should continue. We Um, finished a lot of sentences. So we were previously not. Is that okay? (laughs) Um, We were previously a time zone and an ocean away, you know. And now we're just like, here's you, here's me. One hour, couple hour flight. Nothing. It's not. We can trip if I if I so choose. It's very tiny potatoes. And soon enough, next couple of years, neighbors. <laughs> neighbors. So, yeah. Okay. I find it so important to be candid and authentic with our team here. And because just it's not just relatable, it's like where we're really at. Right. And I would hate, I would, I would miss it. I would miss it to be anything less than my truest self, especially because while we are talking to the team. It's just the two of us in the room and I would not be any less than purely honest with you. Yeah. And I'll say like on previous podcasts, I've said a lot more than I would say to like a person that I wasn't close friends with because Mm -hmm. I'm speaking to you because I'm speaking to Emma. And like, I I do feel close to the team. You know, I I feel 
hey, you're a third and fourth and fifth and 17th friend. Guys, I've said through the window. Um, it's weird. Guys, it's strange. Just lock up the door. But, but honestly, I, I've said a lot of things that I'm not upset that I shared. But Right. Like, because like I would have ended that out if you'd asked me. Yeah. yeah. But if you just met me on the street, you wouldn't get that Never. candid of an answer. No. Anyway. I don't know if there's any other friend that I would be. And now, I'm to be fair, there's a lot of these things that I'm very forthcoming about because yeah. they need to be said. Because the more you keep them in silence, the more power they, they have. They, they, yep, yeah. they eat you yeah. up. So... I will say that recently, I don't, I struggle to pinpoint the specific reason. I know that I've been very inactive and that's fine, but it's been a long journey, a long road. So by the time I was getting ready, probably about start of May um, is when I really started to get into the cycle of like, I'm getting ready to move. I'm, finals are starting soon. And I got it's so, a high stress time. it was very high stress. And I'm not really a stress eater necessarily. I think I just wasn't. I don't diet. Like we've been very clear about yeah. that. I don't track macros. I'm not like salads, blah, blah, blah. I just eat what I want to eat, but yeah. normally I'm pretty active. So it matters less. Yeah. You know, like in the sense that I don't feel guilt, which you shouldn't anyway, you don't need yeah. to earn your food, but I think yeah. just, I have so much retroactive trauma that I'm still in that. Sometimes I'm in that place of like, I worked out. So it's not a big deal that I did such and such yeah. thing, you know, but, yeah. uh, but I exited both that space and the space of like physical activity. And I really enjoy physical activity. I really yeah. do. I like to be active. I like to move. I like to do things. And yep. for me, that was weightlifting. And I think that I was just so, I would do upwards of like an hour and a half to two hours, like every other day. And I just didn't have time or mental wherewithal to do that anymore. And I saw some changes in my body, but I think some of those changes were just like, I think stress impacts our bodies more than we ever even it really does and people don't talk about it enough I think that you know like I don't own a scale but I know my clothes are fitting differently yeah so that's something that we should flag up is that as a value as part of our eating disorder recovery neither of us own scales and we won't never again Um, and we also ask our doctors not to tell us our weight like you can weigh us if you need to medically don't mention but don't tell me what my weight weight, I just give them a number I'm like I don't know here's here's a number yeah, I have an estimate weight, but I have absolutely no idea. I don't know. Right. I don't want to know nope. because to me, and no matter where I've been physically, I cannot be trusted with my own weight. That and just that is it stopped mattering to me. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily assign my value to a number. Yeah. I really truly go by how do I feel and how are my clothes fitting? How do I feel walking around in my own body? Right. How do I feel in my own skin? And there's sometimes where I have to really stop and question, do I feel this way because I'm personally yeah. unhappy or yeah. am I unhappy because I think I'm not meeting an expectation? Yeah. And it's a fine line mm-hmm. because I personally like to be active and I've been in a place where I haven't had the time or the opportunity to be as active as I would like to be. And there's a unique trauma that we share um, from our time in the military, which is we were conditioned to believe that if you were not exercising for at least an hour a day, five to six times a week, you were not only slacking, but you were actively gaining weight, mm-hmm. that you were not moving enough, you were doing mm-hmm. the bare minimum, and that you would get fat. And that lives and breathes as much as we have to deprogram it and fight Mm -hmm, it, mm -hmm. that lives and breathes in us. Like we've talked about it on other podcast episodes, but like getting to a comfortable point where if I work out twice a week, great. If I work out no times that week, great. Fine. And that's okay. And I don't have to punish myself. I don't, I don't get to feel bad about it. No, that is, that is the rhythm of that week. That's where we are. Like this week, for example, I have had zero exercise time Mm -hmm. because I have been 
to the state, back from the States to the States, like back from the States on a 13 hour flight, on a two hour flight, on a five hour train here, there, and everywhere. I have not had a moment. Mm-hmm. And the one day that I had in between that, I was not in a state where I could push my body to mm-hmm. work out. Mm-hmm. And so this week I haven't worked out and I'm fine. Right. And I'm okay. But there is a, there is an easy thought cycle that I can get into, which is you haven't worked out this week. You're not doing enough. You need to work out more. Mm-hmm. You need to work mm-hmm. out next week, three mm-hmm. times, four times, because you haven't worked out this week. Right you now, make this up very moment. You should probably move. Just, just stand. You just ate a whole meal. Don't care. Go, you know? Yeah. And I want to mention this before I forget it. And that is, um, wow. I just forgot it. <laughs> uh, <Don't laughs> it. <laughs> I, you were speaking and I thought of it. Oh, oh no, it was there. And I lost it. I was talking about feeling the need to work out, yeah. even though you obviously don't have to, but it'll come to me. Feeling it'll come to me. Cause it was about this. I meant, Oh yeah. Okay. I got it. I was talking to Hannah about this because I'm so guilty of this and I still do, but imagine how many hours a day, not even a day, how many hours a week do we, as I think women in particular are more prone to this than men, not to say we're inclusive. Socially we're more programmed to do so. Yes. And that's because we have, we don't get the excuses that men get. Yeah. You know, um, and that's just a fact you're offended by it. I don't care, but how, how many hours, 2000 years of history, (laughs) how many hours have we put into worrying about, how we look, how does that reflect who we are as people to other people? What different parts of our body weigh that day, what they feel like. What am I showing as an individual? What what is the world seeing me as? What are men seeing me as? Yeah. That we could have been putting forth production. You could genuinely have learned a language. What if I had done in the amount of time? What if I decided I'm going to learn how to do insert activity here, any niche activity, anything you want, the amount of hours that I put forth staring in the mirror thinking like, I don't like my side profile. I think from the front, I look this bad. I think this is in this. But analyzing as women, we could have done so much more for ourselves and for the world. Yeah. But I feel like a lot of us, even myself, we're not necessarily in a place to contribute more because I'm still so concerned about it. I'm like, why am I so concerned? Well, because I'm programmed to believe that my worth is inherently linked to physical appearance that may maybe not weight but like physical appearance yeah i think it's easy to skirt around the issue and say that you're fixed when you're like oh i don't care what i weigh anymore i'm done no you're not done it's not because you will nitpick parts of your body and i am very guilty of this now i will say it's been an interesting experience to come this weekend because i am actually in a good place with my body right now and that means that three out of five days or four out of seven days, I'm happy with my body. Mm-hmm. And then other days I'm, I'm not happy. And I have moments in those days. I'm not happy all day, every day, mm-hmm. but mostly every day I'm happy. Um, and so it's been interesting because it's very easy to latch on to a negative thought and then apply it to yourself mm-hmm. because, you know, I was talking about it yesterday and I was like, I went down this whole thought spiral of like, I wonder how much other people notice the changes in your body after you eat, for example, and your stomach extends. Mm -hmm. And so you naturally have like a wider stomach than you did before eating. Mm -hmm. Um, natural process, nothing wrong with it. Nothing Mm -hmm. weird about it. Everybody Mm -hmm. does it. Um, but I didn't notice when Emma was pointing out on herself and I looked at myself and I went, Emma, did you notice it on me? You know what I mean? Did you notice this? Did you notice that? Um, and it's, it's just so easy to latch on Mm -hmm. and to then start consuming that thought process for yourself. 
And I think also there is a tendency to, I was saying like, you know, okay, I don't care what I weigh anymore. I'm fixed. But there's a tendency to expect always to have forward progress when you have like body dysmorphia and when you have body image issues and you're in eating to sort of recover like we are, it's easy to go, oh, I'm, I'm having negative thoughts. I've backslid. Yeah. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that's just the challenge that day. And mm-hmm. that's, that's what today is. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's deal with what's in front of us. Yeah. I think what's been difficult for me is that start of May, I'm fine. I think I, I'm not working out anymore. I'm still fine. You know, I don't feel like my eating habits really no. adjusted severely, but I do feel like I had a lot of, in my eyes, insane physical changes. And I attribute a lot of that to stress. I really do. But it doesn't seem to have waned in every day, especially this weekend. Hannah and I were like, I'll make comments of like, I don't feel great. I feel this or this. I have to make a conscious effort to leave that where I'm at and continue with my day. So that yeah. I'm not all day being like, well, I look this way, how I feel like I look this way. Therefore I'm not enjoying my time because I feel like I'm missing out on so much if I'm just in my head about yeah. my body. So even if I wake up a day and I'm like, I will say in my own eyes, it's abnormal how I'm feeling and how that, you know, um, that blow is affecting me. I don't know what's going on. I, I assume maybe it's stress plus like new environment, new time zone, whatever. And I'm trying to give it time to like even out, but it's hard because yeah. coming from where we're at, we're like, I'm used to looking or feeling a certain way, even on scale, whatever. Yeah. Um, and when, as soon as that changes, I look like this in this, your, your brain is yeah. like, well, Emergency well, why is this thing that you wore just two weeks yeah. ago fitting the same way, you yeah. know? And you're like, could it be, I gained 20 pounds and it's like, but yeah, bodies naturally grow, change, reshape themselves in their environments, mm-hmm. in stressful conditions, mm-hmm. in times where they're resetting in times where, um, you know, and I was talking about my autoimmune disease experience because it's like you have this, take it like a normal body. And by that, I mean, mm-hmm. you have a normal digestive system. Mm-hmm. You have normal expectations of food mm-hmm. and then apply an eating disorder to it. And it's disastrous. Yeah. Now take a body that is predisposition to not react normally to food, mm-hmm. add in an eating disorder. And it's a different level of crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was explaining to Emma how I was feeling. I'm like, there's a huge difference between I feel fat how I am versus I feel like today, if I don't do X amount of exercise, I know I will gain weight Mm -hmm. and it doesn't make sense. It doesn't Mm -hmm. physiologically make sense, Mm -hmm. but it's happening in front of you and you're watching it. Um, and, and I remember when I was, you know, 18, 19, when I, before I was formally diagnosed, when I was trying to figure out what was going on with my body, I would wake up and I would be 10 pounds heavier because I weighed myself at that point. I would be 10 pounds heavier than I was the day before. Yeah. And I would go, how? How is it possible? And so when I explained that to American doctors, they were like, you're crazy. You're asking for diet pills. You're asking for a miracle. You need to go out and run. You need to go out and swim. You need to go bike. You need to fly a kite, whatever you need to do. But it's a you problem. Obviously, this is in your head. Mm-hmm. Medical gaslighting 101. Um, and and there's, there's nothing realistic about what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But it's your body. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know how you feel. And, you know, God forbid, you're watching the scale change in mm-hmm. front of you. Mm-hmm. And it adds a level of neuroses that I don't think a lot of people understand because you feel crazy. Mm -hmm. And there's an element of every eating disorder that I think you feel crazy because you're like, I know that other people don't see this 
I know that I see this in myself and it's not the truth. Feelings are not facts that that's not how it is, but it's how I feel. It's my Mm -hmm. experience. But then when you start adding in other complications, like your body changing over time, Mm -hmm. your body coming into your thirties and maybe your metabolism has again changed. Mm -hmm. Like there are a lot of different factors, Yeah, but it makes you feel crazy because Mm -hmm. you feel like it can't possibly be happening to me and nobody else is reacting the same way. Nobody understands it, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's why friendships like ours are really beneficial because we've both been there at different points Mm -hmm. and, and still are there. It's not like we're like, Oh, I'm so meta now. I'm so far beyond Mm -hmm. it. Transcendent Malone. Um, (laughs) We were talking about post Malone um, for context. And we were like, so if post Malone evolves through lockdown, which it seems like he has, it sure seems like it. um, What does that put him? Is he now pre Malone? Is he meta Malone? We landed on transcendent Malone. Um, so yeah, I will say I'm in that place now where I'm looking at changes I'm going through and it seems to have happened in such a short time frame. And I'm like, I, I know what it's like to be in a place where you're not paying attention to like what, what you're eating, which is okay. Sometimes, you know, great. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I focus heavily on what I'm eating. Um, but I generally have a pretty good idea of what goes into my body. But there are places, times when I was eating McDonald's or Burger King all the time, processed foods heavily. Yeah. I In America, which yeah. is like, whoa. And it made sense to me then why I had gained weight and why I had gotten to the place that I was, because I wasn't. You weren't in a healthy eating room. No, no. And I didn't have a good relationship with food either. So it yeah. was like fast food, just fast food or just healthy, healthy, quote unquote food. You know, it was um, a form of binging. Right. Yeah. Um, and I haven't been doing that. So having seen similar changes in my body, I'm like, confusion is the first emotion that I feel. Cause it's like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything different. This is so that I don't feel like I've like, it's really hard to disassociate the punishment part of your brain where yeah. you're like, I have only eaten quote unquote bad foods. And therefore my body is reacting to that way. Ken and I were just talking, we walked like six, some miles the past two days. And I don't just today, I like, I know what I ate, you know, and I don't track, but I'm aware of what I'm taking. You're aware as a person in eating disorder recovery of everything you put in your body, whether you talk about it and like allow yourself to focus on it or not. And I think that I don't, I've never had a binge eating disorder. Yeah. I've had the opposite. I've had restrictive. Yeah, I'm, bulimic. The I'm a restrictive bulimic because yeah. my eating disorder, you know, and I'm not doing that. But I'm not doing the exact polar opposite either. I think like yeah. I'm just existing normally yeah. and having normal meals as a normal person, whatever that means, you know, normal is relative, but just living my life. And I don't feel like my body is reacting the way that it should be or to that the things it has that I'm doing. in the past. Right. And this is something that I've talked to you about recently as well. We're coming into our thirties. Um, and M and I happen to be the same age separated by just a few months. Yep. So literally our thirties. And I noticed that my body is different. Mm-hmm. My body holds weight differently than it used to. And I, I had to check myself on it because I'm like, I'm expecting a 25 year old body from a 29 year old body. I'm Mm -hmm. expecting something different. So, you know, my, the skin under my neck doesn't look the way it used to the, like, I've always had problems with my arms. We know this. Um, but the way specifically that my, my body is holding weight Mm -hmm. is different than it was two years ago. Mm -hmm. And it's, I'm aware of it, but I'm also like, let me not carry in these expectations of my younger self mm-hmm. and expect my body to, it's the same thing we always rant about with pregnancies, get back to that. You can't get back 
to your body. Your body is constantly changing and growing. And it's a constant struggle to accept that in myself and to go, Mm. this is normal now. And we need to love where we're at, which is, you know, and we always go through this kind of checklist, which we're like, if you're feeling uncomfortable in your body, A, are you feeling uncomfortable about how someone else is looking at you, how you're being perceived? Or B, are you feeling uncomfortable about how you're feeling in your own skin? Mm -hmm. Are you feeling uncomfortable because you're not a specific size? Or are you feeling uncomfortable in how your clothing feels, which Mm -hmm. is different? It's Mm -hmm. a different set of emotions. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've noticed a lot, like I, I am actively in the process of continuously trying to accept that my going into my thirties body is not my 25 body. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, it's, it's, it's kind of sad, but I spent half of my twenties in an eating disorder, which means I don't know what my body naturally right. looks like. I have no idea. I have no baseline to say, oh yeah, this is normally what my body does except for the last five years now. So I think I've, I think I'm four years out of my eating disorder mm-hmm. and I haven't had a purge since, and I'm grateful but it's not a flex. Like it really isn't because every single day you're this close, like one hair's width away from going back into your Mm -hmm. disorder. So I I think, especially when people are like, Oh, I'm done. I'm like, no, you're never done. That's why I always say we're in recovery. I don't think there's any. And for me, the bulimia is more of an OCD response. Yeah. It's a, it's It's just a manifestation of my mental, you know, illness, whatever. And that's, I, I, I accept that. And I know that I'm less than a year out, less than six months out from yeah. my last purge. And yeah. I'm, I'm not okay with it, but I'm not ashamed of it. No, or and you're good like, where you're at. Yeah. Yeah. I think my thing is that I'm not in a schedule where I'm consistent right now. And that's hard for me because it's like, I have words and they're gone and I'm sad. I'm sorry. I'm getting like emotional about this because it's like, um, I want to be candid yeah. with the team, but it's real. It's, but it's hard. It's hard. I only recorded the podcast before, but anyway, I have before. My, my point. <laughs> I've hit it very well. My, my point is that I'm in a in between phase. I think there's a lot of like um conversations you have to have with yourself about where you're at. Why are you at where you're at? Am I you know, and how do you want to move forward? Yeah. I don't ever want to purge again. A lot of that comes from physical health is a big part of that. I want to have children. You can impede that you can with disorders. And I would, I would be, I would be miss it. I would miss those babies. I would, <laughs> I have to think like long-term, I don't want to purge because I want to be able to support children life but then i see posts by these women who have these babies and they're like back to baby weight and they're perpetuating diet culture that i don't think they even realize has been thrust upon them and we're aware because we've been through the dark we have confronted our disorders yeah we have been very um honest with where we're at physically and i think a lot of women don't want to be like I have conf- not confided. I've been very blunt with friends, friends, quote unquote. About Hannah this actually still, makes me so angry. Hannah still upset. I was very with an individual that I would not. Now where I'm at, you were formerly friends. We were formerly. That is a good we were way formerly to say very that. good friends. Yeah, that's a good way to say. And that. I think now where we're at. It's not that I would be there for this person, 
but I wouldn't say we're close by any means. No. It's been a long time. But for context, like they were close enough that at one point you would have said you were best friends. Right. And I did. And at this point now, I think just in passing, because the way I feel like people, I make them uncomfortable sometimes, I think. And I don't mean to, but I'm very candid and blunt. Of You're like, just who you are. I don't see any point in hiding it. I'm not ashamed of my bulimia by any means. And God, if it could help one person. If, that's the whole thing. It's like, I needed somebody who was blunt. We, so we've talked about this before, but we were friends yeah. While we were in our bed, we had no idea. No idea. For years. Years and years and years. I think mine really started in 2016. It didn't, it's still not over, of course. It's never over. But, um, but we were friends and didn't know that didn't the know. other was granted. If you had lived near me, maybe in proximity, it would have been more obvious. But, but both of us were pretty sly. Like, we that's were. the other thing about eating disorders. People don't talk about it. You're a sneaky bitch. You're like, sneaky. You are so. You know, I purge when my mom was in the next room no idea no idea that i did it sorry mom but um <laughs> it's not her fault of course and i i told her about it already before the episode came out where i formally said yeah i am a bulimic i told her because i didn't want her to find out via podcast yeah. but this individual <laughs> just in passing i think i the conversation of like bodies came up and I was like, Oh, well, when that happened, I was just really deep in my bulimia. This person is very fixated as well on going back to their peak. I don't think they've admitted their dysmorphia or disorder to themselves. Yeah. But they're definitely, they're competition oriented in general. Right. But they're very, very fixated on like a specific period of time in their lives that they felt their best. Right. Well, I think when you grow up, the misfit, quote unquote, you spend a lot of your young adult years and stuff for some people. You just stay there. Regular you just years, move there. You're the mayor. Proving yourself. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. I went through that phase having been, I wasn't bullied in public school, which is interesting. I was bullied in private school also, but it's like, you want to prove them wrong essentially. Right. So when you're 20 to 24, I think that makes sense. That's where you're at. But some people, it just doesn't end. And that's, I, I'm not going to say it's fine because I'm, I know what it feels like to be there. And I know how unhappy you are. I am going to say like, I understand it, but I mentioned it crickets and I didn't say it to get pity or to get like concerned from that person. You said it because it was real. I just said it. I just yeah. said it. And maybe they didn't know how to respond. Maybe they didn't want to. I think to acknowledge someone else's disorder is to confront your own. And a lot of and people scary. are not ready for that yep. conversation. You know, like what if the roles were reversed? What if so-and-so said, I've been anorexic for this many years and I'm in the throes of my bulimia. Yeah. Am I going to, because to acknowledge that that's a problem that you need to fix. I need to then think, well, wait a minute. That's kind of sounds like what I'm going through if I'm telling you it's a problem, that means that it's probably for second. me. Yeah. And I need to maintain this idea that I'm perfect in my mind. Yeah. Anyway, I don't know where I was going with that. But- I was about to say, like, I was, I had this thought today. Mm-hmm. So I was wearing a, like a romper, basically yeah. um, a long sleeve romper. And I walked into one store, we were shopping earlier and I went, I feel so cute today. Like, I, I feel like I look good. I walked into a different mirror in the same store mm-hmm. 20 minutes later 
And I went, oh my God, my legs look disgusting. Mm. 20 minutes, 20 minutes from feeling amazing about myself to feeling awful. And like, we both know what it's like to literally change your clothes like five times before you leave because you just feel gross. You just feel like you can't leave. And I have to think that that is not just the two of us. That that is- It can't be. Because other people talk about it now on the internet, but they didn't used to. Right. And and that's what we want to be is people who are honest about that. Mm -hmm. That like very often and very easily- I will spend 20 to 30 minutes getting ready, just changing clothes mm-hmm. because I can't pick something because I don't feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I see. I send Hannah's accounts where I find them. If I'm TikTok and I find like a mid-sized account. Of we someone, love them. And I love them. We love but them. Instead of I look at them, I'm like, I know that I believe you're being authentic. There's not a part of me that doubts that. It's just so interesting because you look at them and you're like, on you, amazing. I love, love it. it. And then like you could have the exact same features yep. and you hate them on yourself yeah. by comparison. And I'm like, how do you, how do you get to the place? You know, and Olivia Kirkby is a, a really great one that I love to watch. And there's a whole post that she does about like, how did you come to accept where your body is at? And she says something along the lines of like, I had to think about what I wanted for my life that extended beyond my physicality. What Being a specific I, size. What do I want to do in way. general? Yeah. You know, like what kind of things do I like to eat? What kind of things do I like to do? Is my natural body conducive to that? You know, and we draw, and there's a comment that bothers me when people are like, you look so great, but like, where do you draw the line between being unhealthy? You know, and I'm like, it, it's giving fat phobia to me when you say things like <laughs> You're that. giving me... <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but we saw someone and and they were doing something weird. I'm like, you're giving me stalker in a bush. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember what it was. was Um, And I think that it's difficult because society has made it very clear. They're uncomfortable looking at bodies that aren't a certain size, but they would be lost without them because who would we ridicule then? Right. We would have to pick a different target of beauty to fixate on. And it's so weird because overly thin people have also been ridiculed yep. so it really well it's easy to say you no one will always be happy with you it's easy to say that be who you are whatever it's so much harder to come to terms with it yep. within yourself especially if you're in one of the groups that is not popular right and it's not that i don't look at how i look in clothes and think disgusting awful whatever i really i really try to boil it down to how do i physically feel yeah and a lot of times i'm like i think that i would be not happier but i think i would feel healthier insert standard here insert beauty standard right and i have to be careful and really be honest with myself because sometimes i feel guilty about wanting to drop fat because i'm like does me wanting to decrease fat mean that I'm giving in to Am I trying whatever. to be thin to be happy? Right. Yeah. And, I, and I don't, we have been thin. We know happiness does not come with being it thin. It really don't. It, 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 it they weigh, we've been as small as we could get physiologically. And I still, maybe even more so picked apart my body then than I do now. So much work to be done. Still on the journey. Need to fix this, journey. this, that. Okay, should we get as a size six, should we get liposuction to yeah. finish the job? Basically. Insanity. And I recognize where these messages come from. I know exactly. I know from. what happened. I'm aware of it. It's and it does programming take some difficult. of the myth away. It does take some of the power but not all. No. 
And I'm not, I don't, I don't think tempted is the right word. I'm not encouraged necessarily to do the freezing fat cells thing anymore. Sometimes I'm like, would it be easier? I don't know. Would it be like, take away the worry? I don't know. But for myself, I won't let myself go down that path because I just don't think it leads to good things. We've said it before with plastic surgery. If you give a mouse a cookie, it's going to want a glass of milk. Yeah. And especially if you're a disordered orientated person, like mm-hmm. if you are prone to eating disorders, if you're prone to obsessive compulsive disorder, if you're prone to obsession of your body, mm-hmm. going down the route of plastic surgery is taking a heroin needle and putting it to your arm. It is, it is asking for an addiction that is going to spiral mm-hmm. because it's never going to be enough. No. If, if our eating disorders taught us anything, it's that never enough. you can, you can literally you can literally change your entire body yeah and how it would genetically made you look at these women who are on bosch or you look at these women who have these like i follow this subreddit called instagram reality and a lot of it will show editing techniques but a lot of it will also show just insane plastic surgery and you think what do you think you look like when you look in the mirror what do you as the individual with boobs fake boobs that are like balloons literally wider than you are stretching your skin how do you feel the woman with cement in her face because she wanted to get cheek implants and she wouldn't wait until this was like in the 80s but she wouldn't wait for it to be patented and fda approved and whatever else she got literal cement compounds in her face that are now forming tumors yeah all over her cheeks and it's like but we think we're, it's the, the fallacy of evolution, but we're like, but now things are so advanced, it's so much better. You're, you're doing the same thing. You're trying to change what you were birthed with, what you were given. And you're trying to fit yourself into a mold that was never yours. Right. It was never, you didn't come out to be a size two. No, you in your genetics, you were not bred birthed and destined mm-hmm. to fit into a small from Zara. Mm-hmm. You weren't. I wasn't. I certainly never will be. I have I have a lot of pride in my heritage. I'm very proud to be where I'm from. And by that, I mean ethnically. No, Ethnically, right? We talk about this all the yeah. time. Ethnically, I'm from Scotland. I'm from Ireland. I'm from Switzerland. And I'm from Wales. And that means I can survive cold. Right. Germans here. Potatoes. Whoa, I love it. I can go up mountains. My body's like, you're ready. You, you're a German. You are, what else are you? British. A lot of British blood in us. I'm almost all German and British. Right. So what were we made for? Cold. Peasantry. Peasantry. That part I'm trying to supersede. Don't you dare. But other than that, like we were not made to be live super, super thin, abiding in very high heat, mm-hmm. low, you know, low movement areas. Right. I think so. When I think back on the last five years or so, I'm like, when was I happiest? And it was probably not when I was like in the gym every single day kind of thing, but probably when I went a few days a week, you know, and I didn't have, I was just living, I was just living my life, you know? And you weren't living for a size. You weren't living for a look. That's my current standard. 
And it's not because I'm like, I want to be skinny. I'll never be skinny. I've long accepted that. And that's fine with me. It's thick 30. Um, you know? It is thick 30 as Lizzo <laughs> once told us. Um, but I do think that I'm on the side of things now where I'm like, I'm not, I don't believe in like to indulge. I believe in balance. I don't think that I'm achieving a good balance because physically, regardless of how it looks, I just don't feel great. And I have to be really cognizant of of that to make sure that I'm not like, am I doing this because I want to be smaller for other people? It's mostly just because I'm uncomfortable. Yeah. And there's a, the middle ground is where I'm going for. And again, dealing with that practically looks like enjoying and smiling and laughing at clothes that don't fit in changing rooms. Don't let yourself have a panic attack about it. You have to go, well, that's hilarious because this size in a different store was too big. <laughs> you, have to, you have to uh, create a fool out of it. You have mm-hmm. to make it, you have to displace your emotions and take it away from yeah. you failing, mm-hmm. which is what it feels like sometimes. And you have to go into a store and go, that size is going to fit me. Not I'm wrong. I'm this, this is my fault. The burden of, of proof is on me. No, ma'am. The the sizes in the stores are either to cut. I said to I said to Emma today. I was like, the store cut small. Do we need to be in here? Mm-hmm. It's it's you have to reprogram your brain because otherwise it's so easy to go backward mm-hmm. and go to yourself. Like, and again, I'm I'm so far from preaching to the choir here. I'm I'm saying this like as a survival technique because I do this with myself all the time. You cannot get upset if the jeans don't fit. You cannot get upset if you put on a low rise. Je- Lower, who yeah, asked you to bring those back from the dead? Jesus didn't. Okay. He did not. Lazarus brought him back himself. Did he brought him it? back? No. Low rise jeans. Never once. No. Didn't say it. Dead for but, a reason. <laughs> dead for a reason. Um, but the point being like, if you put on something and it's unflattering, the fault isn't with you. No. And it's hard when you've been conditioned and when you've conditioned yourself to, to believe that and to see that, to unsee it and yeah. unfeel it. It's like spritz. It's, you don't know how I'm it. yeah I think today was fine in terms of trying things on I was pretty realistic going in like this or that I don't care if the tag says XL or double I don't, don't care. care I have to really come down to myself like how do I feel about this and, and when you don't feel great try on clothes doesn't feel great and that's fine there's nothing I think we we are so I think there's this idea that if you're okay with like gaining weight you're okay with not being a super skinny person there's this automatic perception that you're like glorifying blah 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 you know like oh you're okay with not being healthy it's like according to doctors i'm pretty healthy my blood pressure is fine you know like could i where i am at right now be fine in life yeah yeah i have to think about how do i feel just on the day-to-day yeah, but medically, there's nothing wrong. Right, with I think up, just how I that you are the I, size you are. It really comes down to an internalization, and yeah, for the right reasons, do I want to change, adjust rather, yeah, yeah, this or that? And I think I just really enjoy being active in certain ways. Maybe not weightlifting anymore necessarily, but just moving. Listen, I'm know? on a Pilates journey. You're welcome to join me. We were actually talking about this, so I have a sick, sick thought in my brain right now. And it's get a Peloton. And I'll tell you why. I, <laughs> it's a sickness. I'm down with the sickness. I was at the hotel in Austin and they had a Peloton. And I was like, this is my moment. They try. Because of course, as a peasant, you're not, you can't buy a Peloton. Nobody, who 
you are a rich person. You're a rich person or you're a very poor person. If you now have a Peloton because you spent all the monies on the Peloton. $3,000 for like. So much money. So anyway, and then it's a monthly subscription for 50 bucks. So (laughs) it's 39 pounds. Oh. So anyway, so I tried the Peloton. I loved it. Yeah. It was so fun. Here's the thing. Do I need a Peloton? No. 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 I have an elliptical at my house. I have an elliptical in my house. Mm -hmm. You sure do. I have an elliptical. In my house. It's in your room with makeup and the stuff. Yeah. What do I do to work out two to three times a week? Pilates Mm -hmm. downstairs in my living room on a free app. Kill me. So (laughs) do I use my elliptical that often? Honestly? No, Mm -hmm. I should probably sell it. But then there's a part of me that's like, but after you have your babies, you're going to want to work out at home. And what if ellipticaling is all you can do? What if you can't, Mm. what if you can't Mm -hmm. Pilates? And I'm like, this feels like an unrealistic scenario. Anyway, yeah. moving on. I digress. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I keep thinking now, I should be a Peloton. And like, it, it's just this little like worm. That's <laughs> like, I know what you mean though, because I, I'm not super, I think I'm not superstitious. I think the thing with the gym is it's not that I don't enjoy weightlifting. I think I'm just beyond the phase of my life where I need to be the girl who weightlifts. Yeah, it's a that girl thing. And I'm just at the point, I'm like, I really want to just enjoy what I'm doing. And a lot of weightlifting involves a lot of effort. That's not just gym effort. Yeah. If I could like snap my fingers and be at a squat rack. Great. I would love, love it. that, but it takes travel gym bros. It d- Yeah. And it takes like fighting for equipment. And I'm not, I'm not interested, you know, I'm beyond. Um, it's like I, high heels. I left them behind at 25. I said to myself, Hannah self, we're beyond this. No. We don't need them anymore Bye. because I'm five ten. I'm doing mm. this for other people. Mm-hmm. I'm doing this because other people have said that high heels make your legs look longer, make you look better or more appropriate. Mm-hmm. Why? Mm-hmm. Why am I doing that? No, I like heels because I'm five four. <laughs> but this is my point. I wasn't doing it for myself because I like the heel. Sure. I was doing it for other people. I get it. And I left that behind. Yeah. I mean, there's a part of me that's like, I enjoy it, but you have, it comes to a head, you know, it comes to a I'm not bodybuilding. I'm not powerlifting. I like that I, I like being strong. I do, but at the same time, I'm like, there are other ways to be strong. What's the point, you know, like I can squat to whatever. What's the point? What is the point? And now I can bench press my car. Like, <laughs> like honestly. Yeah. And I don't want, but part of that is like, I don't want to be romantically involved with someone who really values that yeah. because I go through these phases where I don't, I just don't care. And we actually haven't talked about this, but there might also be a change in your body following you not lifting. Cause there wasn't mine. Yeah. Your body is different after yeah. you stop weightlifting because your muscles are conditioned in a different way to other workouts. Mm-hmm. It's not a better way. It's just a different way. Yeah. And like, there might be changes after you stop lifting and you start doing whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Swimming, walking, biking. I do love swimming. I think realistically just where I'm at biking is the most viable option because it's the most accessible option and bike shops are all over biking is so popular in italy oh my gosh Very popular. so quick side rant we were in Verona, where we lay our scene and we turned a corner and were smacked in the face by about fifty thousand people <laughs> yeah. we're like what and my mind being absolutely scientific went something's wrong <laughs> and i look around <laughs> and i see a giant tour bus and it yes. says giro italia and i went Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. And Emma goes, what is it? And I went, Tour of Italy. Like, you know the Tour de France? Italy. 
Italia. So there's flipping Hong Kong. There's loads of people everywhere. everywhere. And I mean, there's a cyclist from Hong Kong who's obviously lost his way. Bless him. And he's in front of us walking his bicycle. And I'm like, the race is that way. <laughs> like way behind. Um, but we basically have to dip, dive, duck, dive, and dodge we to get it. around people. And we did it. And by the time we left, they were gone, thankfully. But when we got there, we were like, man. Anyway, cycling is popular. Very popular. <laughs> um, my point is, here's the point. Here's the point. Um, I'm okay with different types of activity. I think there's just a part of me internally. I think part of it is guilt off of it off of expectations but i think another part of it is just what i enjoy for myself and i haven't been able to do or commit the time to and i think just automatically whether or not my body changes from it it's not a nice feeling i think i will be happier yeah when i'm able to have the time to commit to things that i enjoy doing just to move it's a choice that's currently taken from you and that doesn't feel nice right it feels with ocd obviously i feel very out of control of this like physical aspect and i'm like if only i had this or that tool and then it makes you fixate on it right and when i'm moving and i know that i'm doing things that are healthy i'm not bothered by how my body responds to it because i know what i'm doing is not just physically but mentally good for me yeah so when i'm able to do those things it's easier to accept whatever changes may come yeah. i've gone up but since i moved to new york even i went up in size and it didn't bother me because i was like that's fine we got rid of the i'll be skinny someday jeans don't care we moved I, on. I like what i'm doing mm-hmm. and so therefore i'm i'm happy with whatever's going on mm-hmm. when i'm not in a place where i have control over like my schedule or i don't have control over like my free time necessarily because right now i'm in a hotel it's very my bike is literally in a truck she has two giant dog crates in the hotel there's no room perhaps in new york my stuff is still there chances are i might need to buy a new bike you know because i really enjoy cycling i do and i've also wall on the peloton but i'm still kind of like if i have a bike should i just go out and bike versus like buying a bike whatever listen it's honestly a problem and at peloton you're doing your dang job because because it's great i am literally like no but i could totally do it what if i just it's such an addiction anyway yeah so, i think once i get back into the groove of a normal schedule yeah i think my mind will be elsewhere yeah. but i'm idle right now and idle minds for emma means 4 30 a.m checking the rental also car that website. but also no, but that's what I mean. it's the same it's concept. the same thing it's the same it like the venn diagram is a circle it is it, a circle it's okay, I can fixate on my body. So I'm going to take something that maybe on a weekday, if you were doing your normal thing, wouldn't actually bother you, mm-hmm. but super no- noticeable and bothersome now because it's it's right there in front of me and it's mm-hmm. the thing I can fixate on. It's mm-hmm. the thing I can control. Mm-hmm. So just turning it back to kind of land the plane a little bit. For Real Girl Summer, for people who might be in the same space as we are, mm-hmm. and especially where you're at right now, mm-hmm. um, what do you do? What do you do is the question. Um, I was telling Hannah this earlier. I was changing. I was trying on different outfits. And I was like, I'm frustrated because I feel this way. I feel like I look this way. And it's so much easier said than done. You have to make a very conscious effort to leave that where 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 you are. And whatever it is you're going to do, focus solely on that. So we were getting ready to leave. And I was trying on different things. And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I feel this. I feel that. I feel very not great about myself. So I changed and I was still kind of iffy about it, but I was like, I'm going to leave that in this room 
because I know how much it impacts my mood and I'll be a, I'll be a bitch. I'm going to be straight up. Like I will be a bitch. If I don't feel great about myself and how I feel, anything anyone else does will immediately irritate Immediately me. skyrockets because to a massive because, problem. Because I'm just not in a place to be like a pleasant individual. I don't have a good disposition. So we're going to Verona, of course. And that's for most people, that's not like a standard activity. Not a day trip. Um, but maybe for you, listener, it means like I'm going to see a friend. I'm meeting a friend for a drink. I'm I going to the movies by myself. Whatever. Whatever. I think it's it's so hard to do, but you have to like almost imagine yourself taking the problem and physically holding it. Like here's this thing that I don't feel great about. I'm placing it on the nightstand. There it is. I see it. I recognize it. I acknowledge, I acknowledge it. it. I felt it but I'm going to turn my back to it and I'm going to leave because right now, what can I do to change it? Probably nothing. I'm not in control of being able to address that situation or do something that's like, because I think instant gratification is obviously a huge problem. I see that problem. I'm like, if I could like do something right now to drop 20 pounds of fat, I would do it, but I can't. Right. So I have to leave the problem where it's at and be like, I'll come back to you when I'm in a better space, when I'm not just woken up and bothered by the fact that my clothes don't fit the way that my head imagined it. Yeah. And I want to enjoy my time doing whatever it is that I'm doing. Yeah. And I have to be present to be able to do that. Yeah. So a lot of that is like Hannah and I left, we got into the car, we had our snacks, we had our fruit, whatever. And I was driving, which helped a lot because I have to focus elsewhere. Yeah. Um, but I, you have to just compartmentalize. And I'm the preacher of, I'm the captain of the She's team. She's the mayor. I'm not great at compartmentalization. Yeah. I'm not. Um, it's a very, it's a forceful effort. Yeah. Like where are mindfulness is it's laughed at. I get it. It's so important. It's so important. I think the other thing you can do, and this is something that has really helped me a lot is not wishful shopping. Yeah. So if you're buying a bathing suit, don't buy a bathing suit for the ideal version of yourself that you're going to feel on the day that you wear it. Buy one that makes you feel comfortable where you're right at. Now. Like if you've already had dinner, great. Try on the bathing suit because mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable at any point in the day, it's probably not the clothing yeah. bathing suit. Whatever, whatever you consider for you. your quote unquote worst point of the try day. On try on clothes then. Yeah. Because the worst thing is when you're like, I'll just give you my context. You wake up, you haven't eaten anything, you go try on clothing, and you're in a pre-food state. You're in what they call morning skinny. And what that means for me is my I my lower abdomen is always distended now. It happened when I turned 25 and it it hasn't it hasn't gone back. It's mm-hmm. it just it just lives where it is. Um so like I will wake up and I don't have a flat stomach, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. but mostly there there's not a lot there's not a wide curvature after i eat that curvature broadens quite mm-hmm, a bit mm-hmm. the worst time for me to buy clothing is in the morning the mm. worst time is when i'm at my least food filled however you want to say it because i don't want to say thinnest because that's not correct you wait the same mm. but but you know what i mean like you're you're at your you know the the skinniest point of your day if you will don't try and close them. And also don't buy something thinking we were talking about this earlier. Don't buy something thinking when I lose five pounds, I'll wear that. Right. Don't ever buy. We were at Zara earlier. And I typically wear a larger and extra, extra large at Zara. I've gotten an XXL in the trousers and I'm here to tell you they slap. 
great because there's room there. <laughs> there's room. It's not, it's nothing worse than being like, it fits. I'm miserable, but it fits because in your mind, you're like, if I fit smaller size, it means I'm more, better, better, you know, yeah. buy clothes that fit. Don't even pay attention to the size. It's easier said than done. I get it. And don't worry if a trend doesn't look good on you. Right. If you're not into a bandage dress, don't look at her. Don't buy don't her. Do it. You don't and need her. We were in line and I picked up a pair of shorts and they were all large. I haven't tried them on. And here's the thing. I told, when I picked them up, I told Hannah this. I normally don't, I make it a rule almost the rule to not buy clothes. Not the rule. <laughs> I don't buy clothes based on like when I lose 10 pounds, when I do this, when, when I, I get that. skinny jeans. No. Yeah. yeah. I don't do that. Um, I typically stick to where I'm at because like what's going to hit me right now. And also your body is a growing and changing organism. Yeah. There is a chance that you will never get back to whatever size you're thinking about. So like for me, if I had bought clothes that were whatever size, pick a size here that I am no longer that size. And I just insisted on keeping them. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have gotten closer to wearing them. Yeah. They would have just made me miserable. Right. I, I think I got rid of probably like 20 pairs of jeans when I moved here, just jeans that I not even realized that I'd kept. They were just there. And the then I was like, that's a size six. Never, Bye. never again, Bye. because I know what it was like to be a size six and it wasn't worth it. But when I picked up these pairs of shorts, it was like a large. And normally I'm like, Maybe I'll actually, I can't remember. I was like, normally, because it's got a zipper, I don't trust it. It's going to be whatever. Yeah. But I'm in a place right now where I don't feel that my body's reacting normally. Yeah. I feel out of your comfort I zone. I do. Not, not in like a, I have, I have been inactive and I have eaten such a way that I have gained weight because of being X or Y or Z. Through obviously traceable circumstances. Right. Um, I don't, it, it seems to have come on really suddenly and has not changed and i'm wondering maybe is that a gut health thing you know so i bought the shorts and if they don't fit after this period of like testing to see if the reason that i feel such a way is because of gluten or because of dairy or something like that then i'll i'll get rid of them you know so be it that's fine but i i think it's easy for us to fall into the trap of like two, three, four weeks ago, I fit this size and therefore I must only buy that size. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. So it's one thing. Especially because like we were talking about this as well. Again, Zara is our Mecca. So we talk about it all the time. But even an American Eagle, which I love, they're so inclusive. They're great. Each individual gene type, let alone wash, has their own unique sizing. And what I mean by that is you can be whatever size in one style of jeans that does not mean that even in the same store, mm-hmm. you're that size in every other style of jeans. Mm-hmm. For me, it's usually about um, the spandex content or elastane content. Shitty. Yeah. But the point being, in Zara, one style of jeans, you can fit into a specific size. Mm-hmm. And then in the same style of jeans in a different wash, it doesn't fit you. Yeah. You cannot tie yourself to sizes. And it's, it's a hard lesson for us because that used to be our measure of worth. Right. We used to be like, I am down to this size. I'm down to this size. I'm a 14 to an eight. And you're like, so now we're like, so no, now I'm like, oh my God, are you okay? <laughs> are you all right? That's a big jump, you know? <laughs> um, and I have no problem wearing size 14. I have no problem wearing 12. I don't care. I have I size UK 18s. And let me tell you, they slap great because I want to be comfortable in what I'm wearing. Yep. And not worried about like, oh, I went up a size, you know, whatever. I think we also have to acknowledge it's really scary for us to say our sizes right now. 
it's hard. It's really it's scary hard. for me because for a long time, and we're talking time, about it from a space of healing. Yeah. But like, it's still scary. It's, it's tough because I think there's just automatic idea of like this size equals this physique, which and is equals this worth. Right. Which is obviously we can recognize ridiculous. Super flawed. Super Bodies flawed. are so different and everybody is different. I see this comment. I make an effort. I'm a pretty confrontational person. So, <laughs> um, in case you don't know, the theme of this episode is actually Emma's conversation. What I see though is I see people make comments of like, oh, well, if you just do X, Y, and Z, and I, I'll say you can put 10,000 people on your diet and your routine. 10,000 results. 10,000 different results. Yes. So, like, get out of here with your ignorance because we are not here for it. Nobody's here. We're not here for it. And actually, one of the banes of Emma's existence is that her comments get so many likes, but her videos are less love. Please. What is what what is wrong with you? Anyway, I I digress. (laughs) Um, I'm funny, admit it. Just recognize it. So it just it just drives me crazy that we're still it's it feels so primitive when you think about it that way. You're like no size, like, and we've talked about this before. It's not like the size was constructed based on a measurement. No. There's no, there's no measurement that's assigned to it. That makes sense. Mm-mm. It's just an arbitrary number. Right. And it, it, when you think about it and just it's bits and pieces, you separate it from like size 14. You think like, what are all the parts that make up a specific size? And they're all so different from each other. So it's hard for us to say we buy 12s, we buy 14s, we buy 16s, just depending on where we're at yep. because we were so prideful for so long and so bent on being yeah. an eight to a 10, a six to an eight, right. A for a long time, to a six. I was never a size four, but, um, you but, know what I'm but saying. like people hopefully can relate to that for, I was a six and then I was an eight and then I was like, okay, I'm a 10. I'm comfortable with that. And then as soon as I hit a 12 panic, Dread. I went from a 12, which some still whatever to a 14 in some places more panic. And it's like, what does that say about me? Does that mean I'm like, quote unquote, getting fat? Does that mean I'm doing something wrong? I did the exact That's because I went from 27, 26 to 29. And also, and I can't stress this enough. Our formative years were spent in eating disorders. Yeah. We did not have a baseline. This could which, be what I've always been at. And I would not know. From which to judge our bodies. Yeah. And, and this is my point is like, I look back at when, before I was, you know, in my eating disorder, I was probably about a 12. I was probably Logically, about a 14. 12 to 14. So that's a mid-sized range. This is what my body is. It just is what this it is. is. This is yeah. what my body's like. Mm-hmm. And it's not strange. And even if my body had gone up five sizes. So what? Still not strange because I've aged yeah. 10 years. I've aged so much. I think I'm, that you can fit. And I hate when I see girls do this. I do. Like, let me try on my high school jeans. Why, kill you, why that, would you do that to yourself? Get rid of them. Because when I was in high school, granted, when you're young, metabolism, way up there. Automatically. Maybe for some people. Is what it is. For me, <laughs> for me it was up there because, only because. This is the one thing that I can't relate to because my body was always not like this. I think I understand what you're saying because even as a swimmer, I was doing 5,000 yards every yeah. day. That's a lot of calories. That's a lot of, and I was still in high school. I was still not, it's not important, but I'm just for reference. I was a size eight in high school swimming 5,000 yards a day. The girls that I was doing that with twos. And I'm, I'm over here thinking like, and I wouldn't say in high school, I ever thought like, I'm fat, I'm this, this I'm that. pre-disorder. It yeah. was just what it was, but I was 
once again, I think when you you're doing things you enjoy and things that keep you moving in a healthy way, because bodies are meant to move. Yep. I think that you just don't think about necessarily what your body is doing in response to that. You're just like, this is a natural response. Therefore I'm comfortable with it because I know that I'm doing, I don't want to say everything in my power because that gives us idea of like, I need to control controllable by you. Cause some of it isn't. No, I think it's just like, I like this sport and I want to do this sport. And this is how my body's reacting to it. And it behooves me to continue that way. It helps me do that. It makes me happy. I want to continue. And the only reason I can do that is because of what my body is doing for me. Yeah. You know? And I think that's where I'm at right now. Is like, I'm not able time-wise, resource-wise to do something I enjoy without going out of my way to do it. Um, And so therefore I feel that my body's not in like a responsive state. And I think, yeah, just to kind of actually land the plane of real girl summer, um, we've been hovering, you know, we talk about body acceptance quite a bit. And I watch a lot of content, whether that's YouTube, Instagram, ETC, that talks about body positivity and that content. But I still struggle with posting a picture. If I don't like the way my arms look, I still struggle with not being able to button a pair of jeans in a changing room. I still struggle Mm -hmm. with trying on five different outfits and not wanting to leave the house because I don't feel comfortable. Mm -hmm. I still struggle with not believing my husband when he tells me that I look beautiful. I still struggle with that. And that doesn't, what I want to do is take the power away from that because it doesn't make me less in recovery. It doesn't make me less evolved as a woman. It doesn't make me superficial. It doesn't make me shallow. It doesn't make me any less as far down my journey as I am. Mm-hmm. I really hate that phrase journey. journey. I'm on a journey. Um, but it doesn't make me any, it doesn't take away my progress. It just is where I'm at. Right. And honestly, I've never, I've never, and, and, you know, before May, I think you're in the same spot. I've never felt more happy in my body, which is sad because yeah. it's not a high bar. <laughs> no, no. But once again, but before, that's real before. And I think that it's, you have to take changes like what I've been going through in stride, which I really struggle with because you're going to go through them at some point. I'm in phases for years where I'm like, I'm great. I'm happy. Everything is wonderful. One month stress hits wrecked. And it, it's like, everything's changing. Everything's awful. My whole body's everything's ruined. wrong, you know, and I have to, I'm, I'm reverting less to like, what am I doing wrong and into more what could be react what's reactive what circumstances are potentially contributing to this right maybe it's just stress maybe i almost said potential (laughs) or maybe it's because my because i'm aging and because i'm highly predisposed to hypothyroidism maybe my body's finally like hey we're almost 30 now our thyroid is off you can't you can't anymore the way you used to with this food or this whatever and I'm okay with those changes. It's just frustrating to me to not be able to predict them. And to not know. Yeah. To not know is the hardest part because if I could pinpoint this food, this situation, you could your then I could, it. I could either be at peace with it or adjust in such a way that I could handle it. But it's ultimately about control. But ultimately, yes. And it's, I don't necessarily feel that I'm. I, I guess there's parts of me that are like, oh, you're worthless when you do that because I inherently tie my physique to 
I don't know who I blame specifically for this. My ex is probably. I have a list. To, you're <laughs> probably on it. If you think you're on it, you're probably on it. Um, it's about you. <laughs> it's like, if you don't look or if you don't look basically this certain way, you are unlovable, you know? And I don't mean love by like your friends or your family. I mean, like for me, it's men. Romantically. Romantically. And that's hard for me because I've had men, I was 136 pounds eating almonds. And you're telling me you don't need that. Why would you say something like that? That's, I think people don't. I literally want to drive over him with a bus. It's, you're thinking of a different person. It's hit before him. I don't care. Anyway, <laughs> oh, any of them, any of them. Um, because that's, I think people, maybe they do, maybe they don't realize how much that sticks with you throughout your whole life. You don't know. So I digress. Real Largely digress. Um, I've reformed my feed to be girls that are my size, larger, smaller, whatever. Um, I have to really retrain my brain not to be envious or resentful of people that I know. You're real about what you post in a way that didn't used to be. That's true. true. You, you will post something that is posed and, and, you know, to the best lighting, to the best effect. And then you'll post something that is not to the best effect. And you'll say, this is my body. This is the same body. This is the way it is. This is the exact same this body. This is what you see. This is what you actually get, yeah. you know? And that's, people don't talk about how hard it is. Don't they don't talk about it. it. And yeah. it's easy for us to talk about our sizes here because it's to each other, physically it's to each so other. It's so much easier than if we were sitting in an auditorium We'd looking at like, you all. Oh, I'm a size 10. Damn, I know I'm a size 14. You know, I'm a size once again, me women, an empath helping us. <laughs> women are just so inherently tied to their worth. Size equals worth. And competition. You want to be skinnier. Competition. And it's like I watch people like Olivia and this is the girls. I can't remember the name, the names exactly. Yeah. Very similar body types. And I'm like, you look so great. Hit it. And then it's it, part of that's it. like, but I don't want to look like that because then that means that I need to come to terms with the fact that I'm not X, Y, or Z. I have to accept that the thing that I've decided I'm right for and that I want for myself isn't realistic. Isn't realistic. And I'm, it's not anything to do with them, but you tend to target people who are acceptant of that. You're bigger than me, so therefore I'm okay. Right. Exactly. It's the, it's the it unspoken so sentence. And I think it's there's a lot of us, sentence. we even do that with people that are like close to us yep. and it's so hard. And I've had friendships like that and I have to like actively train myself out of that. You have to get away from it. Where you're it's like, so toxic. this person, I don't inherently tie this person to their worth size wise. <laughs> I, 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 I tie my worth but I that. feel better about myself when I'm exactly. around them because they're bigger than I am. Then I have friends like that. And I'm like, I don't want to be anything like you. I want to be so distant. from So you. I have to really like, if I see that happening in my mind or I see it happening, like even with people I don't even know, like, oh, well, she's a size 16. So it's okay that I'm, you know, below that still. Cause that's the line that you draw for yourself. Yeah. So anyway, point being all of that to say captain Sully finally landing the plane here we are um <laughs> we know it's not easy it's so hard and we know that it's not overnight and, and if we also me, know it's you not it was. <laughs> stagnant point in time where you had Mm-mm. all these issues Mm-mm. and we just are the entire point of talking about these things for us isn't to drive home points or to educate it's just to encourage discourse and to be those people that we wish we had had yeah. when we were 24 yep, and now we're 29 yep, and we're like, if I had known that there were people like this, 
it would have really well, I was 24 me. and they were 29. They were like, here's the reality. I wouldn't have tried to date that guy. I wouldn't have tried to wear those clothes. I wouldn't have tried to get into that activity that I hated. Yeah. I wouldn't have, in my case, starved myself. I wouldn't have over-exercised to the point of muscle atrophy and failure. Three-hour leg days. What is that? And not even just like, because powerlifters tend to go in, like, I'll do one set rest for 20 minutes. Yeah. No, that's not what I was doing. No, I was doing consistent workouts. workouts for three hours to include an hour of cardio. And looking back, I wish that I could talk to my four year old and be like, you don't need to <laughs> Danny, come with me. Step away from the treadmill. Because <laughs> my cons- I, what I really have to think about my final point that I'm going to say, here we are. Is if I, if 24 year old me saw current me and was whatever emotion she felt, how would I feel about how she felt? Because I know what 24 year old me would think about how I look now. And she'd be very upset because she was stuck in a place of trying to be the exact opposite of just who she is. And so to reach, to circumvent that I want 24 year old, whatever, early twenties babies who have a similar body type to look at women who are our age or older and come to terms then and accept them and love yeah. themselves then because that's what's going to happen. And I want 30 somethings who are listening to this to drop what they're doing and go, wow, if I had done that at 29, what would have my 31, 32, 33 right. have looked I'm like? I'm 35, still doing the same thing I did when I was 25. We have, we have to start somewhere. You have to start here. And it's so, it's, it's never easy, never easy. Never easy. And, but I think it's harder, the older you get, I want to end on like a happy note, just in case this was like really triggering. Sorry. (laughs) We love you all so much. Um, I have an unhealthy obsession and it's not Peloton. I mean, that's, that's close. Um, my unhealthy obsession is a TikTok audio. <laughs> no. And I'm stop. The thing is, she doesn't even live with me. I sing this an absurd amount. I'm, poor Luke. An absurd amount. Also, we should tell the door story because we made a reference <laughs> to that and we never talked about it. The door um, story is just, it's a series, really. The door story <laughs> is a referendum on my life choices. I, I was talking about like senior superlatives. I'll come back to the TikTok obsession. Um, I was talking about like senior superlatives, which is like, you're most likely to, I don't know, rent a plane for all your friends. Um, me, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> be president, whatever. So my superlative would be most likely to have literally hundreds of pictures of doors on their phone. I love architecture. I'm an architecture nerd. I love architecture. I will talk about it a lot if you let me. Yep. I love. She stops me and forces me to look at architecture. If you don't notice it. I just think it, it must be what like art students are like when they walk by like a Jackson Pollock and they're like, look at the splatters. Amazing. And it's you're funny. like, I look at a building. I'm like, those sconces are nice. I like how they d- aesthetically. I'm like, please look at the Georgian lines on that. It's so pretentious. Great. But I love, I love it. But I love she it. She is who she is. So mm-hmm. I notice doors a lot. I love she does. She architecturally does featured doors mm-hmm. and I take a picture of them and I've, I would say started a bit of a trend between Emma and I because Emma now has door pictures and <laughs> I have entryway pictures. Okay. And that's just doors. You're like door. I'm like facade. Yeah. But there's a door there. There's a door. <laughs> and every time I see a door, I'm like, Hey, look at that door. And I'm like, wow, look at, wow. wow. Look at the door. <laughs> so here's the TikTok audio. Right. right I left right, you in right. suspense long enough. 
I am obsessed with the Louis Thoreau rap to the point of failure. (laughs) Do you remember any of the rap that you did? My money don't don't jiggle, jiggle. It folds. I like the way you wiggle, wiggle. For sure. Makes me want to dribble, dribble. You know, riding in my Fiat. You really got to see it. Six foot two and a compact. No slack. But luckily the seats go back. (laughs) Honestly. So on and so forth. (laughs) Honestly. It's hit. Slaps, slaps. It's the Verona of TikTok audios. It's the Verona of TikTok audios. People aren't talking about it. There's a video of a corgi. We have this to post girl. that on the TCP. Okay, okay. It's not the full song, <laughs> to be fair. It's a video of a corgi. And this girl is making and a baby corgi yarn, dance. Basically. <laughs> peak, hmm. peak, peak she thought it was very funny. It's true. I still, I still Danny, laugh Danny, at it. Danny, Danny, Danny. I still laugh at it. So anyway, I've and never, I laugh and I laugh. And I, so anyway, I've not heard the end of it. It's true, but um, I guess that's kind of all we have to say. It was a heavy hitter. It was a heck of a. We episode. thought it's been so long. Let's be. Let's run you over like a truck. Espressi depressi, and we did. <laughs> Upsetting spaghetti. Here's my thing. I I find that when I don't offload the struggles I'm having, it they grows eat me up. and it eats you up. And it's all I have in my head after yeah. a little while. You have to let it out. And honestly, if we're the people that you talk to about it, if you don't have friends in your life like this, number one, find friends like this. But number two, DMS, talk to us about yeah, it. Do it, we're do here. it. Even if it's just a, a message like, here's how I'm feeling. I don't need a response. I just need to get a Don't tell me anything. Yeah. <laughs> do it because do it. I find that when people, I don't look for advice when I talk about these things. How, because a lot of times people will be like, well, try diet. They give me diet advice or workout Hate. advice. And I'm like, you're not understanding what I'm saying. I know what I know what I'm intaking and I know what I'm doing. My struggle is accepting them, how my body responds yes. to it. And if you can't relate to that, you can't help me. Don't at me. And to be fair, we don't know what it's like to be super skinny. Never we, been. we can't relate to those struggles, whatever they are. Yeah. Um, you're probably better off finding someone who can yeah. relate to that and empathize with that. Yeah. We can empathize in general yeah. about, but if you hear that, Lorley is very thirsty and drinking water. So I hope um, it's ASMR for you. <laughs> anyway, all that to say, it has been... A, a big episode, but honestly, back with a bang. Who real, would we be? We want real girl summer in the sense that these are our real bodies. These are our real feelings. There are no illusions, real feelings. No filters. We are who we are. Yeah. And we're at where we at. Even if we're not necessarily 100% gratified yeah. with where we're at, that's where we're at. And it's so cliche, but you need to love yourself where you're at. Yep. Regardless. If I can give you one gift, go listen to It's About Damn Time by Lizzo. We stand. It's an anthem, to be honest. Honestly? We listen to it twice on our way back. From, it's only a 40-minute drive. We listen to it twice. <laughs> Three times, technically, because the technically, first time we got lost. Right so we like, turn it down. <laughs> we, we got, we're like, we have to start it over. Yeah. And so we did. Yeah. Um, and also, if you're like me, listen to 10 Things I Hate About You. It, I honestly was like, Emma, did, did you even know this? you? Did she did know you shadow write this? Did you guy. ghost write this? Did you date the same people? Maybe. It was made for her. Um, We love you guys. We love we're you happy so to be much. Back. We... And we're in the same Almost, hemispheric yeah, time zone. Yeah, 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 we're not yeah. in the same exact time zone, but we're one hour So apart. we do expect once things, maybe not after this, I'm going to try and get it out this week as much as yeah. I can. Um, maybe tomorrow after I've gotten back and I have time, I'll yeah. release it. But there's not a ton of editing this episode in particular needs. Yeah. So um, we should be more consistent here soon. Yeah. And we hope to keep bringing authentic content to the podcast sphere. 
we do. And as this is our Italian sode, let me leave you with the Italian word of the day, uscita, which is my favorite. Exit. <laughs> it's exit. So if you're ever looking for an exit, uscita. you're looking for the uscita. Um, and ciao, Bella, as well. Arrivederci. <laughs> I have been Emma. I remain Hannah. Who wants the tea?